See Bruce Lee, his last days. Now, after a worldwide six-year talent search, Lee Shushen portrays Bruce Lee in Bruce Lee, his last days. See the action, the excitement, the truth about Bruce Lee, his last days. See how he lived, how he died. Now, the Bruce Lee you remember best. Don't miss Bruce Lee, his last days. Rated R from World Northall. Or speeding. Yeah, speeding. speeding. Um, so, this is very exciting. This is the first ever guest episode. It's it's well, it's kind of like when your parents let you have a, the the second person <laughs> sleep over when you're little. Today we're allowed to have a third person over for the sleepover. Yeah. Because his parents are out of town. Yeah, they let us, you know, and we destroyed the house. Yeah. I don't know if your parents are going to be mad about that. Place, but <laughs> we'll try to clean well, it as they, much as we can. They, must, they should have expected it. How do you eat an entire box of Cocoa Pebbles for dinner? Pouring the entire half gallon of milk into the box. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't want to wash the because you didn't want to wash the bowl. The, the, bowl the, the one bowl. Yeah, so you put it in, you just shook it around. There you was, got a little crazy. That's why we don't give them gin. There was one time when I lived in Portchester with uh, the Phils, mm-hmm. and I want to say maybe Dave Hastings was living there at the time, and it was like post WrestleMania. And one of the Phil's, Phil Nuvian, would always get WrestleMania on, like, pay-per-view. He would get all the wrestling events, but WrestleMania was the big one. So big that he took the following Monday off. Because <laughs> it's a Sunday, right? <laughs> the, it's, it's, yeah, he preemptively, he apologized he in advance for what was going yeah, to happen. Uh, uh, I went to work, and I came back on the Monday. He was still up. And I went upstairs, and, like, they're all, you know, everybody's hungover. I and, remember that, Phil. And kinda, you know a lot of these people we always read. <laughs> Everybody's all like hung over and I, I sit down and, and Phil Duvian's watching TV in a uh he's in, sitting in his room, tiny little room, and I suddenly he sits up with urgency and he's like looking around for something. And he looks down, he can't find can't find anything, so he but he picks up a empty Pringles container. Uh oh. And he like taps the salt into it, like the leftover crumbs into his mouth. And he takes a bottle of, not even exaggerating, grape soda and pours it into the Pringles. Into, the, into the bottle. <laughs> into the Pringles can, 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 yeah, canister. Yeah. To, and he uses his to deglaze <laughs> To deglaze all the rest of the salt from the inside of the serious? Pringles. He couldn't find a cup. So, so he used the Pringles so container. It, and the fact that it was grape soda... Above, like, all of the things. And what flavor like, Pringles? I mean, was just there. Yeah, that's a good, you get, there's a matrix there of yeah, acceptability, see, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, thinking of pouring liquids into containers they shouldn't be in. Well, we're just going to have to just try to take that up up the carpet later. But in the meantime, we've got podcasting to do. 
We do. We watched a hell of a movie, which is why the house got destroyed. <laughs> oh, my God. I shouldn't have tried all those flips on all those three liter. I, didn't, I should have tried this. stood up with our arms up. <laughs> Mike came Mike, running yeah, to do the flip over. over. Yeah. And then, then Blake was like, attack me. So me and Mike tried to get didn't him. didn't work the first angles. time. So then we had to get behind the couch so that he could use get the, the couch le- Get for, the leverage. Yeah. leverage. And he flipped it over. And then after sparring for a half hour, he just completely, you know, ripped our clothes and we're all just we're sweaty and you're tired and you tying tying two uh you know like little umbrellas together and using them as lunch yeah of course yeah um but we watched a movie we're here tonight welcome to saturday night movie sleepovers i'm dion baia i'm jay blake and we have the first uh person to want to sleep over with us well not not the first person to want to sleep over us, <laughs> but the first person to come sleep over and spend the yes, night we're all in our pjs now when we had martin cove and uh yeah, martin, brimley, sleep brimley sleepover that was a or randy jurgensen these are completely different <laughs> ideas but we have uh mike morona with us hello. michael c morona hello michael c morona here my my mom knew their mom so they said it was okay <laughs> while they were out of town that i could stay over and his mom actually called my mom to make sure that your mom was on the level, Blake. <laughs> we didn't try a triple stovetop stuffing thing or anything. The last so no... sleepover with the three of us was this is actual now, <laughs> buddy guy. Yeah, in New Haven. Yeah, he signed my shirt. <laughs> yes, and he signed my poster. You got me yeah. that that night. Good Circa two thousand two. I don't know. A long Maybe time ago. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we that we a... gave him. We gave him a lot of credit for being alive. At the buy a household. And he was, yeah. Lively, New Haven. Yeah, we 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 we're, we're, we might have been in the pool all day <laughs> with Patsy, my dad, preparing yeah. beforehand. And then yeah, that was a that was a quite a, quite a crazy night that night. We might have watched a movie. I'm trying to remember. We watched Tombstone just because. <laughs> we might have watched Tombstone, um, which I'm we've tr- covered on this on this podcast. I'm just trying to remember of a like an us and us centric movie for up there. What the hell would we have watched? Well, we've watched, on the other previous times, what else have we watched together? I don't remember the, th- the trifecta Dark here. Dark Angel. It's a classic. Plenty, <laughs> plenty of classics. Philly style. Plenty of good. Yeah, see, so yeah, and then you've been the, the, the Blakes. Sure, sure. Yeah. There have been sleepovers. We've actually, yeah, we have had sleepovers and we have watched movies. So. Yeah. Mike and I have shared a bed together. You and I, have Blake, have shared a bed together. Yes. And some very interesting revelations coming out on a new <laughs> Saturday sleepovers. Yes, yes. Uh, Mike is a longtime friend of ours, probably maybe the last of our mutual friends that we're still friends with. Yes, it's <laughs> that true. That both of us are still friends with. Yeah, um, out okay. of college. Everyone else has either fucked over one of them or the other, or the other one. Or both, and uh, or I, dead. I haven't gotten around to it. Oh yeah, some people have passed away. So Mike has his own podcast. Thank you, thank the you. The Adventures of Danny and Mike is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called The Adventures of Danny and Mike. I do it with uh, my former TV brother Dan Tamborelli, and we have adventures. Um, the very next thing that's coming up, I don't know how long does it take this to go to market. This will be out and. Very soon, we will we will be in, yeah. in Pensacola, Florida, for uh, the Pensacon in the very last weekend of February. Yeah, these traveling with all this is amazing. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna appear together. They do but live shows. We yeah. do li- we uh, we did we did do a live show in uh, in Park Slope up until the first of this year, and uh, we're taking it on the road right now. And then uh, we'll probably do some retooling. Oh, yeah, we always like gotta that. do some retooling. It's like a, a vaudeville Danny. kind of like he's a. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, figuring out like let's, let's polish the act a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, the cane needs twenty percent more flex <laughs> yeah. in it. Can we get another bamboo cane out here? Yeah, and the poor dogs are like they're not it. answering to the cigarette burns underneath <laughs> the armpits. Now we gotta get new dogs. Yeah, new dogs. New dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rubbery skin. Yeah. So, but Mike, we've known Mike from college. Yeah, I've known you guys half my life now. We, we, him and I always when we get drunk together, we cry. Like, yeah, I know you. Half, half my over half my life at I this know. point. Just in August, we celebrated uh, on an episode where we did Predator. 20 years of friendship. Sure. And oh, yeah, because Mike it was a 20th should have also been on that episode because yeah. he would have also celebrated 20 well, years. Well, we're, what, six months? Sh- so this is 20 years, and did we can have this be Yeah, I, did, I didn't talk to you guys for the first couple of days anyway, so, yeah, we'll, so get, we'll get our own now. So uh, I do remember the first time he came over to our dorms. Do you remember that night? Uh, 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 uh-oh. <laughs> we watched uh, Dr. Strangelove, and you might have dipped out. We hung out for a while, and then we watched Dr. Strangelove, and at the time you were bleaching your hair, and I had one of those... The Sometimes husband. they call them husbands, yeah. or my mom now says they're called like mother-in-law pillows. <laughs> so I was she, like, I thought they were each, called husbands. To each their own, yeah. And we watched the movie. Then when Mike got up, and, and there left, was a bleach trail, <laughs> no bleach trail on that. I I didn't have that much hair left at that point, as I had just like given myself a crazy haircut as yeah, well. You had yeah. half 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 going. Yeah, we were doing. Oh, that's great. I, I had a uh, like a VHS copy of Doctor Strangelove that had yeah. the, the the front door was missing, the little flip up. Yeah, and, and you're was, like, I don't know if this. Is, I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, put it in it works fine. Give it the old Nintendo <laughs> game treatment. Yeah. Slapping it on your thigh. And I can't, the, the important thing about this story is I kept that husband. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to keep that. Who cares if there's a bleach stain? And then do, it, do we autograph it for you? I well, no. What ended up happening me was and Michiko? Haley Love, his baby, vomited all over that thing. Were you there for that day? <laughs> I don't know, but Haley's baby vomited all over my pants once. That was it. That was the same, same day. day. Yeah, so the, the, vomit the, yeah, the vomit hit your leg, and then the husband was on the floor there. The splash down. And I couldn't get the, you know out of the grooves. I was like, ah, it's had a good life. Yeah, I was wearing like corduroy pants. <laughs> <laughs> two, two ribbed fabrics get their comeuppance in one, one splash of vomit. I'm, I'm familiar with baby vomit yeah, being a dad. You uh, just had a... a, a, a Gerard is 16 months old today. Holy if you, crap. If you that crap yeah he's a big beautiful boy and and he just did some vomiting just the other day um through a sequence of events uh his mom is a doula so she has to go attend births that will sometimes run over 24 hours you know i thought that my work day was long as an electrician but she was there for a long time the other day so i had gerard and took him to work with me and there uh thereupon strapped him to to my chest <laughs> He's while, at, while like, I was wrapping cable and he did not like that but then we went out of coil cable then we went to the set then we went to the set and he didn't make noise and blow any one take I changed his diaper right in a jail cell on set and uh, <laughs> we just you know tried to have him snooze out and we did fine but I didn't feed him enough so when Adele got home she he breastfed so long that he like puked yeah. The overate, yeah, glutton, yeah, a lot yeah. of baby puke uh, still happening. See, I feel terrible the, because in the world, I'm just dealing with my cat and dog having fights and puking and stuff like that. Like, that's like, not, I got a baby. That's not small. I'm just dealing with myself puke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you brought that up. I, I don't want to be a downer, but uh, Michiko, yeah, Michiko passed away. Yeah, oh, when did Michiko pass away? Uh, j- just uh, like two weeks before uh, Gerard uh, came into the picture. Oh, so, how old was uh, Michiko then? She had. She died just a couple weeks after her birthday, uh, and she, what was it? No, in a ha- her half birthday, and I think she had been seventeen. Wow, yeah. that was no, a, no, no. She had to be older than that. Yeah, eight, 19, 2000, 2001. 2000. It was tw- it was twenty six. It was twenty sixteen. So she was eighteen. 
Because wow. I got her in 98. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we you all remember. Went, yeah, and we all went to is, school this together. This is a child that Mike bought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He bought on the black market <laughs> from Dr. Han. Trafficking is back. We took a, we took a while. Yeah. Who knew? For those that don't know who Michiko Han, is. Han. Yeah, she was, yeah. She was Mr. the best. Mr. Hammond. Great. <laughs> bought it from Han. She yeah. was the best uh, it black cat. It is the cat. best. <laughs> As voiced by Key Luke. She was the best um, ninja cat ever. Good cat. And, you know, you being an adorable guy allergic to cats. It, you know, I never I never uh, had a problem with her. And then I have tons of video I have to transfer to DVD of me playing with her, talking to her. And then she'd come down with me, move up. And she was like one of the smartest cats I ever met. And then two years ago, I found a cat outside our place. We were walking our dog. Uh-huh. We found a kitten. We yeah. took her in. We were like, we can't. We have to keep her. Have and to. We, uh, my wife and I are both allergic to our dog is hyperallergenic, so we're like, what are we going to do? We weren't reacting. And then people were like, no. You bred the cat with the dog and made a hypoallergenic <laughs> cat dog? Holy crap, a cat dog. A Dr. Moreau type of... <laughs> yes, what is the law not to walk on all fours? They laminated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he oh, just... They can breathe. Mama. They worked it out. No, but it, they say that... No, but they say a kitten doesn't, uh, doesn't produce the dander. Mm. And then when the, she started to produce the dander, I evidently built a natural immunity up so we came up together and now I'm fine with her. If I grab her and rub her all over my face <laughs> like yeah, you tend to yeah, do yeah, probably. Like she's like, meow, meow. As, as is his way <laughs> when he gets home from work. So, But it's amazing to have I've never had it's like a slice of life which you two gentlemen probably took for granted. I got you. I never had an indoor yeah, cat. Yeah you could so now I'm like oh it's like having a dog now with a baby. Except something different. It's a cat. It's a, no but I, I'm saying but the experience I'm having with now a dog is now I'm, having, I'm, I'm living my childhood. Living again. it all. Yeah. We so sh- back on track, we should also mention that this is not Mike's first appearance on the show. No, we have to give him props and thank him for providing the uh, the voiceover at scale, which was great <laughs> for uh, our Star Wars. For our Star Wars, the guys yeah. got me same day. It was it was a quick uh, it was a quick eight hours. Yeah, eight hour eight hours. Nobody session. even mentioned. I guess somebody assumed it was. Everybody assumed it was one of us. Yeah, because nobody heard, was like, "Who I heard did from, that?" I heard from one of your listeners online. Did you? Yeah, one. They, they didn't tell us. They didn't, they didn't tell us. <laughs> Go right to the source. Hey, you know those guys over there Saturday? Oh, I thought they. I thought they might have tagged you. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. Well, that's great. There's one guy like stands up at his house or in his car. Yeah, it so, steers off the road. So Mike was nice enough to do the crawl at the beginning of our Star Wars episode. Yeah, that was you, epic. You gotta have a crawl, and I think that, um, for that matter. Enter the Dragon could have been improved with a crawl at the beginning. Yeah. Well, we still have time <laughs> as of this recording. Why not? <laughs> we can always edit it onto the top of this yeah, movie. Yeah. There's, there's a huge amount of post-production that goes into this bad boy. Weeks and weeks CGI. We, then we have to get uh, negative cutters with white gloves. Or do you want two. us to do one and actually put it on to the movie well, so I think we can we, rewatch it? We could get two uh, VHS Cs. And mix it back to you know reel oh, to reel, yeah. which you used to be a very good yeah mixing those oh, things yeah, in, in college. So we we all met freshman year of college. Went to SUNY Purchase, all film students. We Blake and I to give some backstory. We met each other the first day because we were actually physically rooming together in yeah. the suite. Fate that yeah. was fate. And then we met Mike a couple days later. We all became friends. And then junior year, mm-hmm. you moved. I moved into a apartment with three other gentlemen. You were moving up in the world. Yeah, I was moving to the east side. Some gentlemen. Yeah, and then and you lucked out into the single because you're whoever Garrett and graduated. Yeah, they graduated. So I I was in a double with uh, Mike Bram, the drummer that we've mentioned before. I had yeah. Chris Martens, and then and, and then, then uh, Lars. Yeah, and then I went over to the single. Mike went over to the other single, and then there was a double. You moved in with Lars and 
Lars Ulrich. Yeah, Craig, Chris Martin. Yeah, Lars. Yeah, Lars is from Metallica, <laughs> who had some of the worst luck, Lars, in our, in our with the car and all that. You guys are going to put mustaches into this on post, right? Yeah, yeah. So we all have handlebars. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up. So then Mike and I lived together for a year, and that's where. Uh, is that when cat. you got Michiko? Yeah, yeah, that year. That year. No, you know what? It must have been sophomore year then, because it was uh, in the new when you lived in the new apartments. Th- Which was the name of an apartment building on campus, the new, and we lived in the old. They weren't new at all. They were Yeah, by that point. Uh, we've all kept in touch, and uh, we've gone our separate ways. You guys, you, I, I just should say, you guys are about 55 chili cheese dogs ahead of me. Uh, we all had a chili cheese dog guy at some point in mm-hmm. in that uh, Westchester well, area. College, yeah. yeah, yeah, we had we had Lenny, uh, the hot dog um, yeah. vendor, and then and you had a before spot. that we had Raphael, Raffy, yeah. Raffy's. But then Mike, didn't you have a spot in Portchester? You remember the place that Pat's Hub? Yeah, Hubba? oh Pat's Hub, Hub, Pat's Hub, Hub, which I never got to eat at. I went once, maybe with you, and it was closed. And that was the night we went to the diner next Coney's. door. Oof. Remember Coney's? We ate. Oof, now on the way back, you <laughs> threw up in the car, and I dry heaved, and I don't throw up usually. Yeah. That was how bad it was. I, I had my I had my dry heave removed actually. So. <laughs> wow, it was so irritating. that wasn't good. Yeah, I think I which is I re- gone now, right? Coney's is all like a uh, big it's all different movie theaters big complex. Movie theater. What I remember about that place is it was near the. Porchester Salvation Army, which is why. Oh, yeah, on the other side of the uh, the railroad station there. And it was all urban renewal. They all knocked that down. Eminent Domain they put up now. It's a, it's a big mall. They say that Janis Joplin wrote uh, wrote one of her great songs there. Come at on. The, at, the, at the theater. Oh, at, at, at Capitol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah, at Capitol. Not at the, oh, sal- not been, the Salvation Army. <laughs> no, I thought you meant at Pat's over at Chili Cheese. We're getting really in the weeds, but two doors down from that place is that Mexican place, Las Brisas. Yeah. And we always joke that, like, you think Santana played still the there. Capitol. It's still there. Blind Faith. So these people before, like, you know, Eric Clapton is like, or like, you know, Derek and the Dominoes, uh, Dwayne Allman are yeah, all yeah. eating. Uh, <laughs> dos, por favor. Yeah, oh, yeah, right there. Yeah, just jump off the train station, the train right there. Yeah, right on. What is that? Westchester Avenue. I have uh, good assurance that Las Brisas is still going. It's yeah, a still it is, going yeah. concern. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Lenny sadly passed away, as you said. Yeah, two years ago, and that was really sad. And he was our hot dog guy. That we uh, he we kind of became like adopted kids of his, where he'd let us he'd let me into the truck. You were like his lost boys, you know. He was like he, he was like I couldn't tell if he was Peter Pan or Wendy, but we you know you were definitely the lost boys. <laughs> and we he for he was years on the wedding. Yeah, he came to my, yeah, you were that. Didn't he sit <laughs> at one of your tables? Yes, yeah. he did. He was very tan. But for years, he only knew us by... You had a tapeworm by our and order. didn't realize. No, no, no. We only, he only knew us by our orders. Yes. So so you were... It, we were guy... Both guy and Blake was chili cheese, Dr. Pepper. The two chili, chili cheese. cheese. raw onion. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I was chili cheese... Uh, two chili cheese... Hamburger, raw onion, and Coke, or something. So I guess the car seats called you farts a lot and, and farts too much. Well, we used to, <laughs> so we would have the seminars. There's no beans in the show. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh. Uh, well, we would have we would have our seminar class, and we'd have a the classes used to be like what six hours? Maybe that like one, three and three. Well, that yeah, that one. The Greg's class was just super long. Or, or you talk about Bob's. You talk about Bob's. So we'd Bob's. have a break, like a twenty minute break for people to go to the bathroom or have a cigarette. We would all jump in the car in Aaron's car, drive down the road from campus to uh, Lenny's. Eat as much as we could, drive back, and then we'd be cathartic by the time. Uh, lethargic. Cat- catatonic. Catatonic. It by was the time. very cathartic. Yeah, it was very cathartic, <laughs> but we were lethargic and uh, catatonic. But we're also in the midst of Kung Fu February. Oh, yes. Let's get back on. Let's put this car back on the road. I, uh, and I, one of the reasons why we asked Mike to join us 
is because some of my fondest memories of college and hanging out with Mike was what is watching Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. And two weeks ago, we <laughs> back when it was used to be called the Chinese Connection, mm. Mike and I would watch that and somewhat frequently. Is your name Tan Long? <laughs> and two weeks ago, we, we kicked off Kung Fu February with Drunken Master 2. Oh, really? Yeah, Jackie Chan. And there's a lot of... Is- Things That's, that coincide with this movie. Is that the 1990s one? Yeah. yeah. Or AKA in America, The Legend of the Drunken Master. Legend, yeah, I was going to say the other. Uh, now, he's older than his mom in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, older, he's older than him. He's older movie. than his mom. Yeah, yeah. And he's maybe older than his dad, too. It's a stepmom. Yeah. But he might be older than Why his dad. Why are we picking him right there? You know? <laughs> but he's playing the immortal, was it, Wei, uh, Wong Fei Hung? Wong Fei Hung. Yeah. 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 Which has a part in this, which kind of relates to this later oh, on. Oh, yeah. You know? It's on. Oh, you're lying to me. But anyway, so the reason we asked Mike over to sleep over, and luckily his mom let him sleep over because Mike's a busy guy, is that uh, you have an affinity. That's another thing. Aside from you being uh, having the really uh, like esoteric Doctor Strange love, used to love all that stuff. You were huge into these martial art films and Bruce Lee and the the summer before I got to school, before I met up with you guys for the first time, I was really like getting deep into Shaw and it get into Shaw Brothers and it it really goes back, I guess, to the the sleepover aspect. Definitely resonates for me uh, with Uncle Pat and uh, Uncle Phil because they were the ones who introduced me to kung fu movies to begin with at grandma's house and having those sleepovers sometimes saturday nights sometimes during the week yeah, yeah. your parents yeah. dropped you off whatever they were doing yeah my parents would fight a lot so i go over somebody else's house yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there yeah. jackie chan was my friend yeah my uh, only friend uh, and sidekicks chuck norris was my friend too but he wasn't always there three ninjas make the eyes light up yes you know? yes 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 i and then uh, this movie specifically, I was introduced to this years ago by a friend of mine, Marvin Jones, who I brought up on the George Romero tribute cast because I would go over his house when I was little, and he introduced me to like Tales from the Crypt, the TV show, mm. a lot of hardcore horror movies like Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Head, Dead, Sleepy, uh, Creep Show. Mm. But we were both into drawing comics; we loved to draw. And he was huge into martial arts, and he introduced me to Bruce Lee. And over his house is when I watched Enter the Dragon. We try to like replicate some of this yeah. stuff when we were like fifth or sixth grade. For me, it was like I was into, I guess like Van Damme, and then Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee came out, mm. and I was way into that movie. And then Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, Ooh, yeah, that came out by Rob Cohen. I think directed that. And I just I love that movie. And to this day, that's a movie that like I can just pop in at any time and watch. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm always up for it. But it was because of that movie that I then, in the early '90s, that I then went and found like the original Bruce Lee movies. And I fell back. And things have changed for younger audiences. Back in our day, uh, the Big Boss was called Fist of Fury. Yeah, they were all different release items. Chinese and Fist of Fury was, was called, called Chinese the Chinese connection. connection. Yep. And Way of the Dragon was called Return of the Return Dragon. Return of the Dragon. Yeah. Oh, it, it was it was called Crotch Shot of Chuck Norris. <laughs> yes. It was called Chest Hair. And I was I am I am an interpreter. Colt. <laughs> yeah. I mean you could watch that film over and over That's again. a line so that I good... Mike used to always say. Yeah. That Ooh, I'm, I'm, a I'm, a trans- I'm a translator. I'm a translator. Yeah. I'm a translator. That's but that's how that's how I knew him growing up was 
that was called the Chinese Connection. But their and now original it's name was Fist of Fury. But their original, the Big Boss was the original name. And it's then like they if you're talking here, to a New Zealander about you know, Brain Dead, and they mean, oh, oh you mean you dead, know. dead Alive? Or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. because French it gets was big but it gets here. particularly confusing because Fist of Fury, Fists of Fury, <laughs> <laughs> because Big Boss Boss was called Fists of Fury, but the second movie was called Fists of Fury, but in America it was called the Chinese Connection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is much like in. In uh, New Orleans, they call the French Quarter the Quarter Royale yeah. in, in French. Royale cheese. Well, so, French Connection was, the movie The French Connection was big in there, so that's where they were trying to figure out, what can we call this? And that's where they're like, Chinese Connection, sounds good. So uh, I saw those movies and fell in love with them. Way of the Dragon when, was like my favorite. And then uh, over time, Enter the Dragon kind of peaked, reached the 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 top for me as being my favorite. Although I also still love the Chinese Connection, aka Fist of Fury. So good. Yeah, but, but what people don't know is you, you two are like uh, aficionados of kind of like this. You know a, a lot, uh, I much more than I do. I mean, Enter the Dragon was always my go-to martial art movie or Bruce Lee movie. Yeah. I've seen the other ones. I probably haven't watched them since I've watched them with. I think we all three watch Way of the Dragon. Probably. Uh, or Return of the... What is it called? The Return of the Dragon? The real title is Way of the Dragon. Yeah, and then... The one in Rome. Yeah, which Chuck Norris. Which Bruce Lee, like, wrote, directed. Yeah. Stars in. Shot in, in Rome. Intentionally shot the crotch shots from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that movie because, like, the plot of that movie Him is... Him framing that shot. Is, like, Bruce goes to Italy to, like, move in with his, fa- like, family members there that own a Chinese restaurant, restaurant. in Rome. And then yeah. the, the mob. And they're being shaken down by, by the, the mob. mob. Yeah. But the mob is, like, a guy that looks like Wolfman Jack. Yeah. Like, some jive black guy. <laughs> and some Chinese. <laughs> like, the Italian mob is just, so like, a, diversified. A, mi- a mixed bag. It's actually <laughs> beautiful, because it is, like, a, it's, it's a diver- it's it's diversity, a, and it's It's crazy. a gorgeous mosaic of, the, <laughs> of, all kinds of, of Rome. And they had the Chinese guy of the mob be like, you deal with them. Yeah, you know, well, the like the like the Weasley guy, guy yeah. was the guy from the Chinese Connection who was who, the translator. Yeah, and what's his name is in all those movies. His uh, the, the, Sammo Hung. Uh, yes, but the gentleman that he he uh, he fights uh, in this movie. Obola. No, not getting close. The the Caucasian gentleman. O'Hara. Yeah, he in this movie. Uh, his name you? is Robert. Bef- I almost forgot. His name is Robert. Listeners, Bob. I, I don't know if he's the guy in it though. Bob Wall. Robert Wall, yeah. yeah, yeah, he plays the priest. Yeah, he's in right. Doesn't he play the priest in the alley? Well, he, no, he's the Russian. He's the Russian guy that they beat who up. Who is the who is also the priest? And then the, and then he's also in a, the, what's he in Chinese Connection too? But before as well before we dive completely, <laughs> and then this, he's also before I forget, yeah, because something I wanted to do. You just pulled a gun out. Listeners, <laughs> listeners know that I'm a gift giver on the show, Uh-oh. and I usually give Dion a gift, but since Mike's here, Uh-oh. his first appearance, I'm going to give Mike. Oh man. Da-da-da. An Enter the Dragon novelization from a library where they put some crazy hard it's, plastic. It's protected. Maybe we could take so that's a an original uh, thingy. And then on the what's it, where what what section are we in here? Can you tell where the, where it is? Uh, it actually says on the, on the spine. The fiction room. Nice. And that's what a, where is the city? What library is it from? I, I don't know. Rutherford okay. something or other. Searching, searching. But uh, Rutherford. Wow. College. If anybody um, goes, to, if any of your listeners attend Rutherford College, New Jersey, extra. The, the novelization for Enter the Dragon. Did you read it? I did read it in preparation for this. Done it. <laughs> 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 wow. 
<laughs> Sorry. We got Lalo on the We're going to cut out you doing that in action. Blake, thank you very much, man. That's well, I knew sweet. you would appreciate. Blake you know always shows was... up and gives me gifts while we're recording. I'm like, this is awkwardly amazing. I Aww. I knew of all my friends, you Aww. would appreciate that the most. And Blake signed it too. Define that. Define that. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. <laughs> but it's been sitting in my pocket. I completely forgot about it. I wanted to present it to you before I forgot again. The summer before I came to college and met you guys, I was having a really immersive like kung fu summer. And that summer of 1997... That's a good, that's a good 80s movie, too. Kung well, Fu Summer. Kung Fu Summer. Yeah, it's Mark Harmon, right? Uh, I, I, you were that, living away from home, too? You were living with a lady, maybe? Yes, in 1997, I was holding it down on St. Mark's playing Street Fighter, the video game, Street Fighter Three, Third Strike or something like that, where you could do the tech, the tech blocks if you tap forward, um, if you time it just right. Yeah. And I was holding it down on that machine all summer and eating a lot of burritos, so probably carrying on our spirit somehow right before I got to school. And watching all these kung fu flicks that I was getting, borrowing from Uncle Pat and getting from here and there, and one of the ones that really stuck with me from that summer was, uh, it was called Challenge of the Ninja, and mm. it was about this uh, Chinese-Japanese marriage that was saved by kung fu techniques. Really, really interesting stuff, starring your favorite kung fu actor of all time, Gordon Liu, who was the 36 Chamber guy who yeah. they realized they needed to get back for Kill Bill. We talked a little, we talked a little bit about him last week because he uh, was Wong Fei Hung in a few movies. He played, he has played Wong Fei Hung, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. and um, and that kind of again goes back to this here with with the whole. I never, I didn't realize the importance of Wong Fei Hung. In the culture, just of that, I guess from post World War Two till, geez, nineteen seventy ish, they made like a hundred Wong Fei Hung movies of various, with usually the same actor. Yeah. And the bad guy, who played that in a lot of the movies, is the actor who plays uh, Han in this movie. Uh. And now one of the big martial arts, like Hong Kong cinema series, is, I'd say over the last ten years is the uh, Ip Man, Ip Man, which okay. was. Bruce Lee, which was Bruce Lee's teacher, uh, teacher, yeah. Wen Chung. I like to think of that as smoking Donnie Yen. Which <laughs> is like he he bangs like I I want to see him like either like Ipmon Four should just be like him investing in Philip Morris or something like that, <laughs> like, taking his winnings from the Opium War and like switching somehow. The you know, but uh, I'm a big Donnie Yen fan, so yeah, those are cool. But uh, yeah, along are. with this, Bruce Lee, I also fell in love with Sonny Chiba. You came uh, in out high of, yeah. school, that was mostly because of this book that I had. That was, and I mentioned the book on the show in the past, probably when we did Zombie, Lucio, Lucio Fulci, Lucio Fulci Zombie. I had this book, and it was about like the movies that Quentin Tarantino liked, because this was the mid nineties. <laughs> the Way and, of Cool is that what I put? <laughs> no, it was a different one, and it was like had some quotes by him but it was just like talking about the movies that he has mentioned he liked and that's how I discovered like Argento and Lucio Fulci and there's a whole chapter about Sonny Chiba because in true romance there's they go to like yeah, a Sonny up, Chiba like retrospective and America, Street Fighter and stuff at the beginning. and so I fell in love with a bunch of the Sonny Chiba movies and then when I got to college and then out of college then I just I kind of dove into like the later stuff because of Jackie Chan and um Donnie Yen and Jet Li, and uh, which were huge at the time, and like Michelle Yeoh, Chow Yun Fat, and Jet Li were huge that's, when we were going to college. That's a good point. We didn't um, 
maybe like not in 88 and 89 were we watching the new hk stuff with like michelle yo heroic trio yeah. and stuff like that which we talked uh, a little bit about last, yeah. last oh, episode because love heroic of, trio need a movies yeah or super too. cop jackie chan stuff and uh you know all that low all that low angle stuff super wide wide lens low angle and the undercranked for the all the kick action because there's so much kicking and then when like you like 10 years later you get to fist of legend and how i think that's 97 that was right around yeah, is that accurate be. Which is basically a remake of Chinese Connection. Exactly, and you you see how, like, explicit it is. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot of. Uh, lo- it's political. That's all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. Both of them are. Yeah, you really can't get around it. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's, yeah, they're just very set in World yeah. War, there was set this, in World War Two. So. There was this great era of Hong Kong movies that I came to late. Um, that were just before us, where it was like Michelle Yeoh did a great movie that I think was directed by uh, the oh, we just talked about him because he did the Matrix. Um, you said about choreography. Wing, you talking about Wing Chun? Yeah, I'm talking about Wing Chun. Yuan Wu Ping. Yeah, Yuan Wu Ping directed Wing Chun, and that's a fucking amazing movie. Sure, she um, there's this great sequence where she is like holding a tray of buns in the in the bar and there's just all those square tables and she just does this amazing kick sequence it's like yeah there's just you know when we were talking about uh drunken master 2 last episode and it was just you know it was just like poetry in motion is the way i described a lot of what jackie chan was doing and that's what a lot of that kind of later era like 80s 90s stuff really is Hmm. Uh, just like absolutely beautifully photographed and and executed and pushing uh, the envelope and, too of what they you know, you know and it's like all that stuff probably um i mean it very likely could have existed but the popularity of it worldwide may not have been as great had it not been for the success of bruce lee hmm. and his international success hmm. and then all like the faux Bruce Lee's that were pushed onto the market after he passed away in 73. Um, But uh, it's an amazing uh, type of cinema that we haven't really explored until Kung Fu February of this year. We figured we'll see how good it goes over and we might start having to be a a yearly tradition. Yeah. And maybe we'll have Mike on every February. Yeah, to do a different different movie. (laughs) You know, I, I, dealer's choice I was introduced way back as a kid and it's tough to remember the very first one it was probably Five Deadly Venoms yeah it was probably the one that Uncle Pat repeated so much but uh, when I sort of reintroduced myself to it in the in the 90s before I got to school uh, the first one that I remember I was just digging through old VHS tapes and uh, and I got one called Masked Avenger where this guy's just the cook, but he's also a spy. You know, like, he's it's like, like under siege. I'm just a cook. <laughs> oh, we're gonna die. Oh, he's not. He's not Casey uh, Reinbeck. No, no, he's I just, I'm just he a cook. <laughs> uh, Mast Avenger had some had some great pieces, but uh, people just kept getting killed by tridents. <laughs> you know, and it felt these Shaw Brothers films that I lo- you know it's obviously studio. You know, these interiors in a studio, exteriors in a studio. Uh, 
felt so uh, choreographed, so much like the guys know what the other one's going to do. Like they're in a workout routine, not like a pad man for a boxer, but, yeah, you know, yeah. like a state, like a stage combat where right? they're just rocking back and forth and they're keeping like rhythm with each other the way they were talking, where you, you tended to sense like even though they were trying to fight, there was a cooperative nature to it. Like they had to have the rhythm to not get this fight wrong and hurt each other or and to just get it in one take because these were long takes of these guys doing incredible moves and blocking each other. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's amazing how the escalation of it all from, I mean, or even the evolution of them from the middle to late 60s and 70s to till today with how it's just the, some of the stuff they're getting away with nowadays is just mind-blowing or just, you know, how uh, insane it is. I, th I think this is a good, really early and raw example of the, the, of the genre. I think. I yeah, think Enter it seems that uh, there's something about Bruce Lee's films that have less of that choreography feel that you're talking about. There's something a little more realistic about yeah. it. Um, it's probably because of, I mean, in no small purpose him yeah it's him, you know he's apparently um you know i don't know how much we can go into the history of of him and stuff but basically when he came back to hong kong after being in america for several years trying to get a he opened a f few schools and but he was trying to get an acting career going and he played cato on the green hornet and he was trying to get a movie off the ground called the silent flute yeah um which he, later got made but he wasn't in and he tested for, uh, they were going to do a Jackie Chan TV show called Number One Son, which he tests for, but then they don't make it, but then they get the idea to use him in the Green Hornet. Mm. Jackie Chan? I'm sorry, Charlie Chan. <laughs> I've got, I got Jackie I got, Chan I got on my mind. Sorry, try, they were trying to do a Charlie Chan. So he Chan came back to Hong Kong, and, he, and they put him in the big boss, and apparently originally was only supposed to have a small part. But? And, but, 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 but in the Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he was in the... In the first scene that they shot, he fucking kicked ass, literally and figuratively, and they ended up making him the lead. But there's something, it's not as, you know, a lot of what he does is not as pretty as the kinds of stuff we're used to now, because there's been decades of, like, refining the camera technique of how to shoot it, and the way choreography is presented. Oh, sure. Many, but, many iterations of a kung fu movie since then, but we're seeing sort of people learning one of the first times, combining his his relative newness to the to the genre to the to this because they're just creating it. Yeah, and it's not, and it's the first time they're actually kind of at least would say with um, End of the Dragon when the Western audience or, or Western filmmakers are shooting it. So it's kind of like trying to capture i mean this is kind of like end of the dragon is kind of like um uh what's the uh, the 50 sci-fi movie that i'm always talking about with robbie the robot uh oh uh, forbidden, forbidden planet, planet. Yeah. now that was the first sci warner brothers sci-fi let's let's make a, a big action big budget fuck it people like sci-fi we're gonna make them one <laughs> and it's like this is this movie where like yeah, warner's yeah. like finally like you know what let's capitalize on this we'll Flagged, make this kind of a flagship entry into the yeah and then i think this is probably a good example of what got uh the western audience in america specifically in the 70s into that kung fu fighting oh they did a sick amount of promo for the film. yeah well they yeah they they, they dropped a million dollars on just promotion sure this. sure you know obviously a lot of the earlier what they would call back then chop films were being played probably in the grindhouse theaters and 
the cities and stuff. But uh, for the most part, this might this was probably the, the introduction to this kind of film to a lot of people. Yeah, um, and they partnered Warner Brothers partnered with Raymond Chow from Golden Harvest. Yeah, to do this film, and you know it's an interesting movie in that unlike a lot of what we think of as at least what I think of as the Kung Fu movies of of that period and before that, this is very much like a James Bond. Yeah. Dr. No espionage movie. (laughs) It's, it's not a wuxia. It's not a wuxia story of rival schools or anything. Well, I think they, I'm sorry. No, you're right. No, I think they, they realize that that's probably most uh, uh, acceptable for a Western audience. To, they, James Bond was a hit at the time with the Sean Connery movies, and yeah. I forget what year Roger Moore starts. But it's yeah, like, but like in the late 60s, we have my, maybe my favorite James Bond movie, which is You Only Live Twice, which is the one where Connery goes Co- to Japan. Yeah, yeah. Bond yeah. bon song. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's when he... <laughs> I love that movie, even though like the ridiculousness of Sean Connery being like a foot taller than everybody disguised as a Japanese person. And that's when he's but the action, in it. <laughs> but the action of that movie yeah. is really awesome there's this whole huge action sequence on a roof where he's fighting all these guys and it reminds me a lot of this movie even though this comes out maybe five or six years later yeah but uh, certainly to kind of attract a western audience they add like this we're gonna send you in you know like he's on a mission yeah kind of undercover yeah it's like the badass i mean at the time he was you know, he was calling himself like the Oriental Steve McQueen. He loves. He was friends with Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen was a student of his. He loved Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood and Steve McQueen both made Warner movies with Lalo Schifrin. Do you think that they uh, they shopped for turtlenecks together? Probably that'd Bruce, be pretty awesome. Bruce Lee and Steve McQueen. Yeah. Oh, man. coming you out of the dressing room, yeah. Like yeah. showing yeah. you. Well, do, and Lalo's like. <laughs> You, you see a montage happening. I, I love a <laughs> nice dressing room montage. But you see them, in, they're kind of in that league where like Steve McQueen hits a bullet in 68. That's that's a big old hit with Lalo doing a jazzy score. 71, you have Dirty Harry. That's a big hit. That's, again, Lalo. And then you hit this, and he's going for that kind of persona, which I think, in my opinion, he succeeds in this. He's a he's a he's not only someone who can do martial arts, but he can act. He, is, he has a presence on screen. He's a triple threat. Yeah, and, and he's... And this, uh, you don't have this film without the soundtrack. You know, oh, the, it's Lalo such, it's, such an, it's such an essential part of the soundtrack. Yeah, and we've, we've talked Lalo up a lot. We did... Um, With Mission Impossible or other... Yeah, well, we've covered Dirty Harry on here. We uh, What other Lalo Schifrin movie did we do? Because we did another one that had a Lalo Schifrin soundtrack. Uh, oh, The Beguiled. We did The, the Beguiled on The Begotched, as you like to call it. Um, we might have done a third... Uh, and we brought him up. We're talking about like with Exorcist and stuff. But Lalo is an amazing Argentinian jazz piano player. Who you you said uh, Jobim? Uh, no, the but Brazilian he, guy. He, uh, he did uh, Portuguese. He did um, Lalo did the theme to Mission Impossible. He did a slew of Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, he did the Rush Hour movies, which was Jackie Chan. Yeah, uh, and, and he, Chris Tucker. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, both of them. <laughs> both of them, and they did it like two or three times. They did. Uh, they had several of them. Yeah, and uh, he, Lalo is a guy who we talked about, particularly in the Dirty Harry podcast. We did an episode where his score for that like kind of sets a stage of the sound, that funk jazz fusion that you get in the seventies, and then with this movie. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite scores of all yeah, time. For sure. Yeah. Um, when I 
released the book, you know, there was a lot. I did a lot of promotion where they're asking me questions about like, what are your favorite scores? And I never mentioned this one. Blake did a like, book. Tell <laughs> off, I, off topic. Yeah, <laughs> I did a book called "Score to Death: Conversations with Some of Horror's Greatest Composers," and it's about film music. Um, and this was a score that I. It's like I almost forgot how much I loved it until we watched it tonight for this yeah. podcast. It's amazing. You know? I was like, oh, yeah, like I fucking love this. And uh, the opening theme to it, you almost want to chuckle with the wah, you know, yeah, but then yeah. you get into it and it's like, no, it's kind of appropriate. It's not mocking it. And it kind of sets the stage of Hong Kong in the early 70s. You get the chimes, you get the strings, yeah. the, whole, the orchestration. It's pretty cool. And then the him, you know, adding all the different things, like the flutes, you know, he's very good with that. And then the percussion and the, you know, the wah-wah, you know. You know, what this movie does is make Bruce Lee probably the first Asian, like, actual Asian film hero. Yeah. And at the same time, by using Jim Kelly, it kind of is the first time they combine like the black exploitation aspect of cinema, yeah, with like the kung fu movie, yeah, and, we, <laughs> and, and, and create a beautiful marriage. He was he was perfectly positioned at that time. Jim Kelly, you know, just being you know a champ, uh, a karate champ already, and it was it was perfect time. And then the guys, the guys that made this movie, the American. They went off and made Black Belt Jones with him after this. Yeah, Robert Robert Klaus, the director. Yeah, I think he shot and that the, too. And the producer. Yeah, yeah, and that's amazing. And that sent him into fame. And he had a whole career in black ex- black exploitation films in the seventies. And they were married. It's weird. Black exploitation, it being its own subgenre. You have in that a subgenre of black exploitation, kung fu movies, martial art films, and then even like horror films. There's yeah. a lot of subdivisions, like doors you can go down. Yeah, Blackula or uh, and the other thing, the Sugar Black Hill. of Blotcher Blame. Yeah, you know, all, and all kinds the, of... Uh, uh, the other thing I love about this movie is one of my favorite subgenres of any cinema is the tournament movie. Yeah. And even though this isn't as... Oh, the Kumite? Termini, terminant <laughs> E as like Bloodsport with the Kumite or uh, Karate Kid. any of those other ones. and uh, But... Uh, this is a tournament movie. It's it's always got the same narrative, which is I got to get into that tournament. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, like it could be like or you know like uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of what's comparable, but what's maybe like? it's Kickboxer Two. You know? Yeah. Well, there's a there's a Chuck well, Norris what's movie. What's that? The Flying Guillotine movie. Is that the what's the title of that? The full title of that one. That's a tournament. That's like a Hong Kong style, like kung fu tournament movie. Maybe so. that's what I love about uh, Dragon Ball Z. It's is like it's a constant like serial. It's like a serial of tournaments. <laughs> yeah, and the Mortal Kombat directly out of thing. this. Um, yeah, you had I guess uh, you could call Charlie Chan being like a hero. The first kind of like I mean, because the Chinese but he wasn't usually really portrayed at least in America as a, by an Asian. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't played by an Asian. I mean, to put it in context, I mean, after this movie came out, like, everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee. Yeah. Like, you see posters of Bruce Lee in, like, Saturday Night Fever in John Travolta's bedroom. Yeah, I try to... Exactly. I try to see this film through Uncle Pat's eyes. He was born in 65, so... You know, Kung Fu was huge. This came out when he was eight years old. Kung Fu was yeah. huge by the time he was 10 years old. And there was a dojo, you know, like up the up the block from us that my brother and I took karate lessons at. Up the block from Grandma, from where Uncle Pat lived, where my brother and I even took karate lessons when we were kids. And it, uh, yeah, it was really, he had Bruce Lee posters in the 
in the basement. That yeah. was where Uncle Pat. I mean, and Uncle it Phil was were. like. I mean, look, you know, today is not as tolerant as it, as we'd like it to be. But back then, it was horrible. You know, it was like it was amazing for an Asian person to kind of cross over and become so revered and idolized. Yeah, the, by everybody, by black people, by white people, <laughs> you know, everybody. He was fucking cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the century, you had them portrayed Fu Manchu, you know, the the mysterious Orient, and then what I was saying is with Charlie Chan coming on the scene, that was one of the first positive looks. Hey, look, he doesn't. He's not this weird character villain, you know. And you had uh, Key Luke, who ends up showing up in this movie as his number one son, who was a Chinese uh, American actor. And he ends up having an extensive career up until he's in Gremlins. You know, he's he's he shows, yeah. he shows up all over him the place. In Mad Love. Yeah, he's in Mad Love. Is no? Did we talk about him in Mad Love? Maybe isn't he, he, like, isn't he Peter Lorre's? Oh, you're right. He's Peter Lorre's assistant in Mad assistant, Love, who's doing yeah. the, uh, the 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 surgeries and stuff. And then when you get hit this movie and into the middle '60s, it's they were hesitant to cast an actual Chinese uh, American or Chinese person in this role. So that's why they even give you John Saxon. They had John Saxon there to be like the the white actor. Just they didn't know how the film would carry. And even Bruce Lee was very he knew what was at stake of embodying the the culture and the uh, the Chinese nationalism, like you know that you see a lot. You know, yeah. you know, and it and it even at the beginning of this movie, I never realized to this viewing. It's like him coming out of the. the you have that little uh, epilogue at the beginning where he's like. Um, at the Shaolin Temple, and he kind of gets the permission. The Shaolin uh, so, monk tells so, him. So Bruce Lee wrote and directed that part himself, yeah. separate from Klaus. Yeah, and that's they shot that at the last thing they shot, and they because he he didn't like it. He's like, we need a, a proper beginning. So they give this yeah. little like a table setter. You know? Yeah, because if you go to like the novelization, okay, let's which, get into which the novelizations are always based on earlier versions. It's not of a script. It's not a gift. It's a teaching tool. <laughs> yes. It opens with, with like I think the Lalo Schifrin credits. No, but it opens with like each of you know how all the flashbacks have like them leaving, how they leave for the tournament. That's how it opens. I think it opens with Williams mm-hmm. uh, and Roper. Oh, running! Wow, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's quite faithful to the uh, the movie uh, dialogue. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty overall. It's pretty faithful to the movie. Um, obviously, the person that wrote it. Uh, Mike Root, I think is his name, which is interesting because it's actually a pseudonym for... Hold on. <laughs> Get my notes. Uh, Leonore Fleischer, a woman wrote it. She And she wrote that she... <laughs> was she blacklisted at the time? or She just, was she just would write th- yeah. these novelizations under the pseudonym of Mike Root. And she taught, and she says... and she, she passed away in 2009, but she said... Uh, Basically, how she would write them, including this one. She said, I would sit down on a Friday night and take amphetamines. On Monday morning, I will topple over sideways with a completed manuscript. So, like in a. <laughs> it's like writing papers for Greg. <laughs> and, 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 which we used to do, our, 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 uh, our cinematic so, teacher. Kind of in like in a, in, a, in a Coke binged weekend, kind of. Uh, I, and I recognize the, that name, Mike Root. So I wonder she how wrote, many. No, wrote, she or he wrote a lot of them. Yeah. I and mean, that, that was a huge business. We talk about on the podcast a lot people don't remember 
our age do, but prior to VCRs. Novelizations. Novelizations, vine, records. You'd have the record recordization, if that's even a word. You'd sure, have the, I think I, think the, I had the, the, the project. Remember the 8mm? Didn't you have an 8mm projector? Yes, with the, the, with the, the film strips. Yeah. I mean, oh, but we also had an 8mm projector with home movies. But right before uh, VHS came on the scene, kids could buy the condensed 8-minute version of whatever your favorite movie is. I just heard you guys talking about this on the Star Wars pod. You uh, referred to the similar... Uh, yeah. So I think I I just remember um, watching home movies in Brooklyn when I was a kid with a an eight millimeter projector and a screen on the the pocket doors in the middle of the apartment. Yeah. I don't I don't remember being yeah. able to buy them in in <clears throat> well, stores, was, but I remember finding them in thrift stores later. Time. Yeah, yeah, I remember finding them in thrift stores later on. Yeah, I think I mean if they were selling them for Star Wars. Yeah. It was still going, but by the time we, when I, when I was little, I there remember was one getting one for Alien for sure. So I was like seventy nine. Yeah, I remember getting like the the, the book to tape, the, you know, you yeah. the cassette tape with the movie or the the vinyl record, mm-hmm. like the LP. But, but that I had of the the Black Hole. I yeah, have that one. I, I, but my I point... have that in Blake bought me one too. That <laughs> I have two of those. But the Wait, point is, I think I got you one. They all, it to, we all buy Dion a black hole story. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, a huge. We did a, we did a podcast on this here, but I'm a, I have a huge affinity for it. But anyway, Perkins. but that scene that we're yes. talking about, I don't, to my recollection, is not in that. Yeah. So because like you were saying, like that was done way after the you know not way after the fact, but after shooting, they read they did that beginning and and Bruce Lee fights Sammo Hung. Yeah. In the beginning of that of the film, so perfect. And and that kind of set the stage. He wanted to show the pay almost tribute or show that like the kind of traditional or the nationalism he had for yeah. China. And he also Set wanted to embark his own philosophies yeah. about and, you know, and life and, and martial arts. And I really get the whole thing of like, it's like a finger pointing to the moon. Yeah, which were you and I used to always, Mike and I used to always talk. Concentrate oh. on the I, it was, This is another thing where all these lines from these movies I used it's to remember. It's Well, you remember yeah. one of our mixtapes had, had that, that. Oh, and oh, the theme. Yeah, and but then also we talked about this this last year, but we all had those uh, video assignments for maybe Bob's class. Oh, what we we, when do, we did Christine, we were talking about because I did. That was it, the Christine movie. It was two in a room. The two in a room. Like two in a room. And didn't your two in a room, your two in a room was the Enter the Dragon scene with uh, Williams meeting Dr. Han in the bathrooms in the film school. Wasn't that your two in the room? Yes, it was. And it was uh, a friend of ours. It was Cribs and, uh, and me. And you. I played Williams. You, and you said bull- bullshit, Mr. Hanger. <laughs> yeah. You're straight out of a comic book. This was probably something that Blake and I had been dr- dreaming of for <laughs> yeah, and we for, did it. for years. We might have actually told that story on that. Yeah. Right? That, that, that but you... the, the, basically, in a nutshell, the assignment was we had to shoot it twice. First was without cuts. Yeah. And then like the next week, we shot it with where we would actually edit it. But the idea was to have a dialogue scene with two people, and we took it from a movie. And so Mike picked the scene between Williams and Hong. Uh, and we, but we shot it in the public bathroom of the, of the music building, the film music the, building. The we film we shot it steps from where we would uh, <laughs> get cameras and and Mountain Dews and yeah, s- rent it out and <laughs> snacks. Like, yeah. It opens with me walking into the bathroom and John Cribbs sitting like on the edge of the sink. <laughs> yeah. Classic, classic. Do you rap, still have that rap battle mode? Do I have the VHS? I think I do. I have the VHS and. Uh, so I got to deliver the colorful dialogue. Yeah, but that's how influential. Oh, so shit, Mr. Handman. You're straight out of a comic book. You're straight out of a comic book. So, this, so I remember all these. This dialogue now is ingrained on me because of you. With all, you used to say all this stuff, or like the the my name is Wu. That's from the other movie. It was, I'm a translator. It was all. It was very. It was very much in my head almost every day. And uh, what's what's great about this one is that you get you get cinematic use of 
flashback so much more than some of the other ones like the I'm going to always compare it to the Shaw's because that's what I have so many of is that one was much more boxcar. You know what I mean? Like a guy gets up, there's a fight, somebody gets killed, gets revenge. Let's go. Yeah. This one is like you're here. You have this assignment. And then he thinks back. Then he flashback in a flashback. You get yeah, everybody. Yeah. You get everyone's. Yeah. You get everyone's flashback. Basically open with that prologue that we were just talking about. Yeah. And, and he then, gets the assignment and then the, the Shaolin and then, teacher sanctions him. Yeah. Go, and go then on he it. goes and then it's like more exposition where he sits for like the films, you know, like the slideshow. Yeah. It was like we, we Dude, get he gets, the he gets the assignment. He gets the assignment from. How uh, good are those shots where breath Braithwaite? That's his. That's its own. Um, that's its own genre. The briefing movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The briefing movie. Yeah, so yeah. You, like well, so it's a smoke-filled room and there's slides. That's oh, sure. just your uh, target right here. <laughs> you get back to Doctor Strangelove. You know yeah. what I mean? The war room, and you see all these different. Uh, and, you know, permutate all these projections going on. Yeah, or even the, I mean, how many probably Bond movies? This was, you know, they, they compare this to Bond, but I'm sure in the, you know, Connery with, you yeah, know, yeah. You this may, is Dr. No. You and, may yeah. have to make a briefing room supercut of just, just briefing rooms. That'd be amazing. But basically, we learn that uh, in the prologue, we learn that, that Han is like an excommunicated we, fallen angel. We get a, a, Temple, we get a spiritual. We get a spiritual reason for revenge, and then yeah, he's wrong. The, the Shaolin Temple, and then in the Braithwaite introduction, we get the legal yeah. reason for. This is like he's got his own island, and he's like he's doing an opium drug, and, yeah, drugs and, and, and kidnapping. Do kidnapping. we know all that yet, though? And oh, I think he's. They said I thought like we women, just, drugs, like everything. Yeah, I just thought I didn't know if they. We know yet the the. It's not explicit. Yeah, it's, the, the just, drugs. I know they may be saying there could be some because sex they found a girl washed up. Yeah. on the. Sure, but they just we want to know what's going on in the island, and they sent in a woman, and yeah, she's undercover, and, she, and they haven't heard from her, so they must know that there's some kind they of. They probably like, took her page away. And... Yeah, she can't get any. But then service. after, so then we get the legal, we get the spiritual mm-hmm. reason, we get like the legal reason in the and middle. Then we we have get the... the personal reason, which is his he... sister committing suicide <laughs> rather than than uh, being assaulted. assaulted assaulted by these like by Han's ball. guys yeah. by O'Hara, which includes Jackie Chan. Yeah. He gets kneed on the bridge. She knees him on the bridge. What and a great! Sh- what a great! You know, you you see the you see like the root of the Michelle Yeoh uh, movie in that sequence where she's defending herself from this gang of yeah. dudes who know kung fu, and she's using every single thing in the environment. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. like fighting them through a building, and you know, barricades herself in the thing, and then they break through the window to get to her, and she's just... It's a know, great she, sequence. And she was really famous at the time, and she was a uh, fifth or sixth Don of Aikido uh, for either Okinawa or maybe Hawaii, I forget where, and he picked her for that sequence, and... Uh, yeah, she and that's his sister in it, and 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 the the guy, what's his name, Wayne Wainwright, Wainwright with Braithwaite. Yeah, he doesn't know that personal connection, but he assigns. So now you have yeah. the you have the double edged ah triple triple yeah, edged triple where, threat. Yeah, where he's where he's like you know the, the Shaolin you know because they're usually all against. I think they're nonviolent. Yeah, well then he has that that thing where he goes somewhere and he's like I'm gonna. 
go against. I, I really. Oh, he right. goes. Well, he goes to his. He goes to his mother and his sister's grave. He, he pays. Yeah, he dad. pays his respects and says, "I'm going to take my revenge." He goes to an elder, which might be his dad, but then his but that, dad. Tells well, the, the elder is the one that tells him about. This is what really I didn't want down. to tell you, but yeah. but since you're going to fuck yeah, shit up, <laughs> but since you're going over there anyway, yeah, since yeah. we need since we need extra motivation. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is what really happened. Yeah, flashback, and then he goes to the he while he's in Hong Kong. So like the sister's like the first flashback, and then we get. Uh, then we're introduced to Roper and Williams, and then they get their flashbacks. Yeah, uh, this is probably and that's why they're arriving. That's when they're arriving in Hong Kong. This is obviously probably not the first my first my introduction to John Saxon, but this is the movie that like made me fall in love with John Saxon. And you love John Saxon, I, which we've talked. And I about. love me some John Saxon. We did, we did Black Christmas. We did, and uh, I tell a, I tell Warrior. my John Saxon story oh, in Freddy the, Three is in the Black oh. Christmas episode, which is. <laughs> part of that story, which I won't recite because you'll have to go listen to our Black Christmas episode to hear the story, but part of it was that I was getting a signed 8x10 with him and Bruce Lee from this movie. Get out which I still have somewhere. I gotta yeah. dig it up. And but, he was uh, hired because he was a black he, he was he was black belt in karate. That was Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly too, yeah. And there's a funny quote that someone uh, said in this, uh, when you know, when the movie came out about uh, all three of them where it's like, surprisingly... Uh, if I can find the darn thing, uh, he says while Kelly was a famous martial artist and surprisingly a good actor, Saxon was a famous actor and surprisingly a good martial artist. Lee proves to be a master of both fields, which is true <laughs> yeah. because it could have very you know it it he could have been a great martial artist mm. Bruce Lee, but he could have been a terrible actor. Mm. And even his they had to retool. It's much like I think we heard for uh, Sterling Sinefet who wrote Towering Inferno. That they had to retool McQueen's dialogue because he had a slight lisp. They had to retool heavily Bruce Lee's dialogue just so you wouldn't hear those um, stereotypes that you know the Chinese, yeah. you know the, the 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 hard ways to pronounce certain uh, vowels in in the English. Even though I mean he has really good English yeah. anyway, but yeah, I mean he was kind of the full package. I mean he's, he was he was he was a handsome guy. Yeah, which certainly doesn't hurt. Good looking. He had a lot of charisma. Yep. Uh, I think he had an 18 charisma when they pulled his character <laughs> sheet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, which something I didn't really know too much until researching it now, but apparently he was a bit of an asshole. And they even, I, they, I heard that, like, even though he was a huge deal in China and, like, a big superstar and, like, was mobbed everywhere, went, there was a large section of China that didn't like him because... Uh, well, he wasn't pure. Well, one, he was his mom was, like, half German, half Chinese, yeah. but... Also, like, the Chinese culture is so, like, reserved. And that he was, like, so, like, he would argue and, you know, he was very outspoken about how he thought the traditional martial arts were kind of shit. They didn't work. And how he was changing martial arts to be, like, to create, like, the ultimate martial arts. So there was a big, obviously, not a backlash, but he was very much against. A generational divide, maybe? There was a lot of... Yeah, there was that, and there was just a lot of like cultural fiction, uh, friction, where it was like he was not what a lot of traditional Chinese people would aspire to. But then you probably had like the younger people that were like looking for yeah. someone to break kind of the rules. Well, and he, he probably undoubtedly fulfilled that role. He, Nixon is in office at this time when they're yeah. making this film. I mean, he's he's born in San Francisco, goes back to Hong Kong, is raised in Hong Kong. Uh, his family's kind of well a off. Child actor. Child actor. His father was a opera singer in Cantonese, the Cantonese opera. It's usually good for you being a child actor. Yeah, and usually, usually. I've heard good things about it, <laughs> and uh, 
and then around 18, his father's like, hey, you know, let's make, make use of your U.S. citizenship. He goes back. He, he goes to Seattle well, it's, College. It's one, he gets into a lot of fights. And yeah. he loses a bunch. So that's when he starts taking Wing Chun. But then he gets in a lot of fights and he starts beating up people. And supposedly he beats up, like, the son of a of an infamous triad family. Yeah, and they almost put and, a contract out and on And also, a lot of the cops are like, if we catch him fighting again, we're going to prison. Yeah. So is that like... Why are you? You moving with your auntie and uncle in <laughs> Bel Air? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Basically. so he goes. To, he to goes Seattle. here. He moves to Seattle. He meets his wife in Seattle. They get married. He opens his own school there, and he calls his school the um, the Jung Fan Kung uh, Fu, which means literally Bruce Lee's Kung Fu. And then when he moves down to I think the Oakland area and opens a yeah, school he there, he marries Linda. Yeah, who in, meets in college, it, and they move to Oakland, and he it, opens another school. Yeah, and then what happens there is the Chinese population in gets mad at him spe- specifically. Yeah, because they're saying you shouldn't be teaching kung fu to Caucasians. You should oh. only be teaching it to he talk to everybody, to Hispanics, people. blacks. Yeah, and he's like, no, I don't. You know, they they were mad that the, you were they were teaching the secrets to non. Uh, non-Chinese, so like you said, any other, and he was like, I don't care. And then at that time, he was starting to also feel the restrictions of, he's like, you know, why, maybe I should, like, the flamboyancy Well, what happens is he gets challenged by uh, someone from San Francisco um, who basically says to him... I forget uh, what what the guy's name is. And he gets challenged because they want him to shut down school or stop teaching in what what style? Or an, a, kung fu, point, a kung fu teacher? He, he's teaching his kung fu. But he gets te- challenged he's by... He's basically still teaching his version of Wing Chun. Huh? Yeah, which is and what he's calling Bruce Lee's. It's Jung uh, Fan Kung Fu. He's playing Tiger Shulman's karate. Yeah, which he started in... Ni- this is 1959. He starts this, so like in the early 60s. He's and I forget this. what style the other guy was. But he comes down and basically there's like... If if you win the fight, then you can teach whoever you want. If Otherwise, you get to lo- leave. Yeah, you get to close your school and stop teaching it to Westerners. And he he beat the guy, which is a plot, can, which is a plot point in many yeah in many many movies in many many kung fu movies is you know I want uh, you come out here I want to talk to you if I beat you you have to close your school and all <laughs> yeah. your students will become yeah, mine. That's the way it was done, and he, yeah. and he got challenged a lot even when he was a star. But he beat so but, he beat the guy. I'm sorry. But basically, he beats the guy, and supposedly he beats the guy pretty quickly. Yeah, but there's but, there's all this hyperbole about it but i think what's even more probably the more realistic uh thing is is i heard that basically he won but he like kind of barely won and in that he realized that one he's not like in the physical shape that he should be in he got winded quickly and then he that's when he becomes like he there's this whole i mean like he created he basically created mixed martial arts and like like the protein shake. <laughs> yeah. He did all that like decades. He realizes why should I adhere to just kung fu when but I can he do realizing Aikido, judo. He realizes that mm-hmm. Wing Chun what he was using was restrictive. Yeah. And so he decides that he is going to create a different martial art, which is how he creates Jeet Kune Do. Which but means... it was basically that fight that kind of inspired him to rethink a lot everything his own his own like physical prowess but also the way he created the way he was performing martial arts and he creates and then because of his the nature of his character he became very outspoken about how like how the other martial arts aren't yeah, good and then he got, hated by, he got yeah. hated by a lot of people his, because of that the, what he creates Jin Kune Do uh, Ray of the Intercepting Fist yeah he says that's even 
he even ends up regretting the name of that because that even sounds restrictive. You know, just using people, the connotation to using a fist. And even though he wrote that original book about it, it was never like a complete system. It always got altered. Yeah, because he's know? learning new things. He was he was learning. He was a very good. Aside from martial arts, when he moved to the states, he was a very good dancer. You know, so he knew how to dance. He was te- he was getting boxing lessons. It was, was the style of no style. Yeah, and that's uh, very much goes back to that uh, Japanese samurai that he, he got that from, which we hear at the beginning of. When, you know, he's like, my style is no stuff. Fighting without fighting. You know, yeah. style of no... So he uses Aikido, Karate, Judo, uh, Taekwondo, Kung Fu, and he matches boxing to get this style. So he realized any kind of fight, but even at he the shouldn't time be restricted he, to Even when movement. he was friends with Chuck Norris and they would train together, basically because of... I don't know if it's Wing Chun or whatever he was studying at the time, he, it was kick-based, but it was like kick below the waist. And Chuck Norris is like, yeah, that's great, but wouldn't it be good to have the option to kick above the waist? And then he's like, yeah, I guess. And so, like, he was always refining. Yeah, he just thought it's it, the the, the it I was, guess the societal restrictions. Because what his what his no, what his thoughts were was that the traditional martial arts, whatever one you were training, where you were tr- you were blocking and striking based on set moves, and in a real fight, it's not so structured yeah and so basically he was trying to create a, an art form that would like send style with, without style which is like because it would you conform, can react it would to conform anything. more to real life situation yeah. and this is it's it's uh, coincidentally i was uh late uh one night by myself in bed drinking and you know falling down that r- wormhole of the internet and i went on youtube and i found this uh, youtube channel called aikido flow and uh, I took Aikido for a number of years in my uh, teenage years. And when you learn Aikido, it's almost like a dance. You know, you, these very elaborate moves and gentlemen, you move with this, you move with that. And I was watching this channel, this gentleman speaking about it, where it's just, if you can find a refined way of having, you know, to take out certain things and just have go to A to B quicker and get it done with. And I find that like, that's what he was kind of doing here, where you're learning a way to strike somebody or be hit, but Lee was saying here is like, well, you know, you, you, they always say with the essence of everything is you learn your art and then you forget everything so that it'll come naturally. And that's actually what he says here. You know, I don't yeah. think the fist thinks, you know, you, you learn everything to forget it because if you start overthinking things, then you're going to mess up. If you're able to just, you know, so that it becomes zen, instinct. Yeah. And you can and do it without overthinking it. And, and, uh, I learn, I see that a lot with Aikido where you watch like a lot of Steven Seagal or, proper tournaments or exhibitions where it is like it because there's a big if you if you go down that wormhole there's a big debate here like Akita will never uh really go good against like mixed martial arts you always get these guys getting into a ring with some you know mma player that's the top comment you know, always is like this guy would get his ass kicked yeah, by by some mix and then you have this guy guile from street fighter yeah this this Akito <laughs> uh don gets in and he gets his ass kicked and then and then what this Akito float channel was saying was like you know if you realize in a street situation how quick things go you can't yeah. grab a guy and do this especially if this guy's a trained boxer or whatever everything else so i think that's what bruce lee was trying bruce to figure lee was out basically creating mixed martial arts yeah. which was like combining you use combining, whatever you can taking w- w- as needed from all styles to so, create its own thing so he kind of pre he he had been watching the original the thing and he kind of presupposed john carpenter's the thing yeah in that it absorbed yeah. sort of the essence and could take on the appearance of everything that's that exactly it, that what it touched doing. 
Yeah. And he loved Muhammad Ali. He loved the footwork and, and he studied boxing because, like, that was, with the you know, for punching. Yeah. You weren't going to get better than that. And he used to do crazy shit where he would do ex- exhibitions before he was famous where he'd do the the one the one inch punch where yeah. he'd have a guy, he'd stand a guy, he would, wouldn't even crank his arm back, he'd hit him, and the guy would go back a certain amount of feet. He, he'd do all kinds of weird. With the, 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 the push-ups with the thumb and the index finger. Yeah, yeah. You know? But when you see him, I mean, he dances like a boxer. Yeah. In a way that other martial arts uh, stars don't. But started to do, I think, as... The, you know, yeah. you had so many people copying him into the 70s and, you know... And, uh, you know. That's what's so exciting about watching him fight in, in Enter the Dragon is the tournament aspect. You're not in a ring with canvas and ropes that's padded it all the stuff that we've been talking about is sort of building to why enter the dragon is so real it's because it's so raw they're fighting on dirt dirt and rocks yeah yeah and to the death potentially (laughs) and you don't have time to make the fancy moves Uh, you don't you know he it's much more it's just so gritty yeah and it, 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 it's a pri- to think about Uncle Pat or somebody, my dad Pat, you know, uh, back then seeing that for the first time. If you if you weren't on the grindhouse scene or seeing the, the double features with martial arts or in probably in uh, metropolises like New York City or L.A. where they would be playing them, if you were in middle America... You know, you've seen Cato on TV, you know, or the Green Hornet. Yeah. Just to go and see a movie like this, that's just probably like, oh, my gosh, this guy's doing magic, you know, where they couldn't even film. His kicks were so quick, they weren't registering on the camera, you know. Or they had problems, like their scenes where they actually purposely had the, uh, when he's fighting, they had the flags going with the wind to show that they're not under-cranking the camera. So, you know, with with the moves, or they had to slow down. Yeah, like when he fights... When he finally, which happens pretty early in the movie, considering that one of his main motivations is to seek revenge, and I mean, maybe when he, he fights O'Hara, when he fights O'Hara, and uh, O'Hara, and I don't even know. I mean, I don't get for I don't understand. You know, who knows? I guess in a in a in a like a, if you look at it from like a, a you know a nitpicky sense, maybe the old. How would the old guy know that O'Hara is the guy? <laughs> That's a good. Oh, you, you, you're saying because in the flashback you see we his see face. O'Hara, but does he know it's O'Hara? Uh, he's got maybe him. all those people who were shutting the windows were, were you know, like <laughs> but, chatty. So, but when he finally fights O'Hara as an audience member, we're like, okay, like, you're so you're so in, and that's why his sort of backwards bounding, his backwards dancing as a boxer, the way he sort of you know circles O'Hara is so exciting to us, is because. We saw what a piece of shit he was in yeah. the flashback. Yeah, you, he's going to get that come we up. We know he needs to get it. And then the way Bruce uh, menaces him while waving with him, you know, uh, rolling backwards and catching him in the crotch with the fir- yeah. with the jump kick is just your. He embody he his entire body is put into fighting, and you can see how he presents such a threat to O'Hara. And they also bring to bring back Lalo Schifrin. There is when Bruce Lee gets down to the fighting in the movie. There, the the score almost adds a level of supernatural, like 
like Bruce Lee is this supernatural force because you know, like the film will slow down and you'll have that weird sound. Like he's and taming then Bruce the snake. Like, he's sna- he's smacking a snake yeah. on the head. Like what the frick? <laughs> yeah, who does that? And but when he fights, you know what I mean? He's yeah. got that, and it's like it's like you know this isn't going to end well for his opponent when it slows down. and You hear that weird like synth, synth yeah. whatever that sound effect is on the on the score, and he kills. But and then it, you know, but O'Hara. in a bit of behind the scenes stuff, apparently in China at the time they didn't have breakaway glass. So, it was, yeah, it was like too expensive to get pregnant. So, <laughs> so those are real broken bottles, and he told uh, Bob Wall to just come at him, come at my like my left pack full speed. And so when he did that, he went, you know, uh, Bruce went to punch and ended up like punching the bottle, the broken bottle, and, the edge, and and got got his hand all cut up, got and, twelve uh, stitches, and then they went back and finished it the that fight later. And there was all these rumors that they kept on telling Bob Wall, like, oh, he's fucking pissed. He's going to get you this well, time. And so when you see that sidekick, that like running sidekick that he gets, that he launches yeah. into it his is chest. brutal. Yeah. And apparently he well, he fell backwards into two stuntmen that were supposed to catch him. And one of the stuntmen broke both his arms from the force of, of, the, of, him, of Bob Wall hitting him from the kick. Well, they uh, talk about how ex- at the time... Bruce Lee's so exhausted he's been shooting Game of Death. He didn't really have a script for Game of Death. And he's just shooting wraparound scenes. He gets this movie. He's uh, working his ass off trying to uh, deal with uh, the the Western crew, the Hong Kong crew. They're having all these issues with interpreters on set because people can't understand. You have like three or four interpreters. So he's under all this pressure. There's rival triad uh, syndicates that are getting the fights on set. People are trying to challenge him on set. So when this scene happens... Supposedly, when when uh, Robert Wall cuts him, some of the Chinese on set were saying, "You have to kill him to 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 uh, get your honor Avenge. restored." Right, right. Yeah, so he's under this pressure. He's like, "Come on, guys, this is, yeah. what are you talking about?" So then it, it leads to like you know speculation, like you know he's gonna like, fucking kill Robert Wall, <laughs> you know. But and then but then they say he doesn't hold his yeah he doesn't hold his kicks. Yeah. And he really kicks him. We keep pushing this to the to the end of the schedule. Why yeah. is that? Uh, Bruce one, is working out his one leg. He wants one to other but before I forget, one other kind of behind the scenes thing. Deanne, did you recognize the henchman in the? Roper golf scene, uh, uh, the the one that looked like uh, Randy Jurgensen, the lead henchman with the guns. He's the, the guy. He's the guy who did the fighting and was the referee in Karate Kid. Who we talked about. Oh, and he ended up. He he uh, staged a lot of the the, the fighting then. Yeah, I'm he was one of the choreographers. Yeah, he he staged all that with uh, Martin Cove and. Um, but he uh, was the one Nacho. that created the fighting styles for both. Uh, Cobra, the Daniel Russo. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I, I thought he looked like a poor man's Randy Jurgensen, which is a throwback to our other casts with the mustache. That and like that's the only gun movie. you see in the movie. And yeah, and and Chuck Norris supposedly. I, I didn't see him, but he's supposedly in a scene either uh, during the exhibitions or what. Like you know, Bruce Lee's wife cameo. She's in a purple dress during like the uh, the sequence where we meet. Uh, what's his face? Did we all Dr. read Hart? the IMDb on this last night? Is that what's is that what's happening? No, we're just that. I think we good. took took notes. <laughs> you guys are that prepared. You guys are that prepared. But uh, you know, aside from the tournament aspect and the fighting, I think one of the other great things about this movie is like that scene where we're in like the party, like the where everything stops down and well, it's just Han like you have, you have, yeah, you have like all the bird cages and it's like this. Those are the skinniest sumo wrestlers <laughs> I ever saw in my life. Yeah, those sk- sk- those sumo wrestlers were like they had starved them in a container ship on the they way. They flew over. them in special to Hans Island yeah. to get to have this he, the yeah, fight. They're so skinny. 
Well, yeah. that's how Han likes his sumo wrestlers. Yeah, he likes, he likes them like he likes his brand. women. He likes them thin and I don't know. Uh, what a, what an unbelievable uh, shot with the dart that Mei Lee does. <laughs> and she catches the apple and Bruce Bruce gets the apple. Well, I wonder works. if that's done on purpose for her to, I mean, it must be, but she knows who Bruce is. So she does it. So Bruce will catch it. And yeah. Take the well, he's the way he knows it's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, when he recognizes her. Uh, what's her face? Uh well, that's when we meet Tanya. when we meet uh, Mr. Han Han, and I Han think he's such a great looking villain. I mean, like just you know, I, I just how he looks with the outfits, classic evil widow's peak. Yeah, you know, oh, you know, and he's voiced by Key Luke. Who we brought up, they dubbed him. The whole movie was shot MOS. You know, that, I think that must have made things a lot easier. Well, probably it was, it's like in the style what they do with Leone or you know those Italian Italian, Italian because they know for it's, sure. it's going to be dubbed in you know two dozen languages. You know, so why not shoot the entire thing? I don't think the scenes where he's like at the beginning in the briefing, you know, or yeah. when he's talking to her, maybe when they're in his little villa. That those sound like they're they're they're, yeah. you know, they're not yeah they're not ADR yeah. Uh, it's it's quite it's quite interesting, you know, that they would choose to do it this way. Uh, just to finish off Braithwaite, he died right after they finished shooting the film. Oh, the actor. Yeah, and I always thought that he looked terrible <laughs> yeah. when they were shooting, and then after I did a little research on the film, it turns out that the actor died soon after that. The, they, well, uh, he's not a good-looking guy, so I wonder if that was even a comment on like the English colonialism at the time, where they were trying to like. You know, oh, this is how they all look like, sweaty, yada, like not, you know. Such good, there's such good, um, like it totally reminds me of, of Dr. Strangelove again. It's funny how that, that should keep coming back, but where, uh, where he gets the note and he's like, put your kernel on. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you I don't know, care what he, I don't care who the bloody hell he's with. Put him bloody on. You know, I, I thought, uh, this, the sellers, yeah. this won't mean much to you guys, but when I made, all the movies with my friends when I was in like high school. Um, one of the things that our mutual friends from college thought was really funny was every time there was a phone call, we like the person that we were calling never answered the phone. So it was always like, oh, Jimmy, put Jimmy on the phone. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so when that scene came up when we were watching it tonight, I, like I immediately thought like, <laughs> like he couldn't get the guy he was trying to call on the phone. And I was like, it was just a funny thing that because it was such a personal moment that uh, was in all of my movies in high school. Where it's like we never could get the person we were trying to call on the phone. <laughs> never on the first try. Yeah. And, um, and that, and that's a very the strange love with my leg. Uh, my I, the string in my leg. Yeah, the string in my leg's gone out. I... Uh, the, what's 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 his name in that? Mandrake. Uh, Mandrake. Yeah. So the, the, the essence that's in the water. It, um, uh, the. Dr. Han's claw scared when I was little. That was such again, a... Again, Strangelove. Yeah. Same, same shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Strange with the hand going hand. up. Yeah, you're right. See, <laughs> look at the parallels of Strangelove with this. Uh, and Of course, with the hair coming off of it later with the bear. With the, oh, the, the bear that's, fur. That's freaky. The bear Well, fur. I like how he has... So, listen, when he gives... Oh, sure. For you, he's like a He-Man vi- villain or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that. That but, they sold Majulok or some shit like that. You know, when he, the... you know when he's going into, like... Uh, what is it? John Saxon's giving the tour of the war room? It's not Jim Kelly. Uh, it's Saxon, right? He takes Saxon. Yeah. yeah, so Kelly's when you, dead. When you go through everything, and you have like the closed fist, you know this, that, the stone, whatever. The black, the black power closed fist <laughs> yeah, exactly. for, for the '68 this Olympics. This is for my exploitation movie. And then you have yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is for all the Black Panthers. So, so when you get to, he has a hand, and then he says, uh, "It looks like a human hand." And then the next thing he has, 
uh, it's the flange, the bones of the yeah. hand. And he says, what's that? And he says, a souvenir. I've always assumed, and I thought they, it was there, but I make things up in my head, that I think that's his real hand. I think that's the... That's his, that's his that's hand. His that, hand. You know, I think that, that's what's insinuated. That's that it. he's preserved it and somehow put it in that nice little glass. He spent a lot of money framing that son of a bitch. You know, you know I think it's an interesting, this plot twist where he brings in Roper, who's a gambler. Who t- 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 takes place deep to the mob at this yeah, point? Who, Life threatening. Oh, he got sixty-five dollars in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> who he has more in the bank in the in the novelization. Oh, he does five hundred and something dollars. So, what, so, but so he brings Roper in, and he wants Roper to like represent his enterprise. Oh, in the West, in America. Yeah. Now, in the this is like the only real big thing that's different in the novelization is there's this there's there's a couple of little scenes that are added in that yeah. like there's a Braithwaite scene which is like Braithwaite going to the Shaolin Temple which we never see in the movie huh. uh, there's a <laughs> there's a couple of little things but the big thing is well, during that tour of downstairs of like the Saxon showing like he's showing Saxon this is he my witnesses uh, Tanya who's the, the the chick he's sleeping with yeah who's like the the the, 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 the blonde or yeah whatever. He witnesses her, like, judging, uh, inspecting, like, naked women and mm-hmm. being like, send this one to Egypt. He'll love her. Send this one to Africa. And it's like these really, like, explicit. Oh, like, pro- like proper slave trade. Yeah. You know, like, like out of. Um, but it's like. The, what's the, your movie you love, Liam Neeson? Taken. Taken. It's like that shit where it's, yeah. you know, they're, they're but going it's her the like, slave trade. It's her, like, marking them off and be like, send this one. And, like, the descriptions are pretty, like explicit of like the, the way they describe the women the and breasts you, and, the and you can see and like it's all described where, <clears throat> where roper is like kind of in shock because it's like she like it's all about how she clearly enjoys her job and she's she's basically a female pimp you know and so that's like the, that's the big difference is like that scene of showing like the sexual like trade you probably don't get you know to ascend the ladder unless you're very good at your job in the pimping especially her being a westerner Breaking into the Hong Kong market. Oh, That's some tough stuff. You know, you just act as like a bridge. I My backup plan when we were at Purchase, you know, the Y2K bug? Yeah, yeah. My backup plan was I was going to stay in Japan in case everything went bad in, in America and just like try and get on TV shows, you know, variety shows. It's like an engaging well, Western. Well, that, that's, <laughs> see, that there's a niche there, but um, not to go down that wormhole, but I have a friend of mine that I work with who in the early 90s uh, was dating a girl. They moved back to Hong Kong and he for five or six years was working on Hong Kong cinema doing like grip work and stuff like that but he was a token uh, you know American a uh, Caucasian white guy so they always cast him in the background if they needed somebody and you'd get a lot of work we talk about the guy who was in Batman and he's in oh you guys I got two of the uh, biggest Star Wars fans here uh, he is the heavier guy in um, Porkins yeah Porkins he just passed away no yeah, he died like two he years ago have, or so. He might have just passed away. Yeah, but he's in, he's Eckhart in Batman. He's maybe in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's at the beginning. Remember, he's the one giving uh, Dr. Bellock. Jones. The, oh. Uh, the, when they, when they, they explain what the Ark is and they, they go to the college. and they Yeah, and they're like in the you know, dormitory. He's the FBI agent or the, the agents. The, the hall. The hall, like the theater or whatever. Yeah, and, he, and then, you know. He's the heavier guy. Has the, yeah, so the, that was a niche where these actors would go someplace and, you know, and then they'd be like, oh, we need an American speak. Oh, there you go. This you know, movie or, has, speaking of, since you brought up Raiders, this movie has another Indiana Jones alum parallel. Yeah. Which is the Shaolin Abbott or whatever, the guy from the beginning. The teacher. Is played by Roy Chow. Yeah. And he is Very Shea. recognizable. 
from Temple of Doom. Oh yes, he is Laoche. And he's also the he's also Jean Claude's uh, Frank Dukes's uh, like fixer s- 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 uh, mentor blood sport. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I thought he looked familiar. But he's Laoche. And because when I was really little, I for some reason thought Laoche was Tashira Mafune. <laughs> you know, growing up like I the thought antidote. They, you know, yeah. In in the poison though, you just drink Dr. Jones. Uh and uh you no, know, clearly it isn't. But yeah, I knew I re- recognized him from somewhere and he owned a private plane when they were trying to find some place to sh- have Dr. Hans Island, so he's like, I get in my I plane, just happened I'll show to, you. Uh yeah, be able to give you this tour. <laughs> exactly, in my little Cessna. Come on, we can take know? this boat. He had a lot of information for a security guard. <laughs> 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 but uh so Another thing that freaked me out when I was little is Jim Kelly's death when, when he, you know, yeah, oh, Bruce yeah. Lee. That was way out of bounds. Yeah, well, when Bruce Lee, he starts going around at night, creeping around. Yeah. Jim Kelly goes out to do some stuff in the moonlight. And, of course, people see him. So the next day, they think it's Jim Kelly who fucks some people up. And then when he corners him in the office, and uh, he doesn't really give him a choice. He's like, are you sure? You know, he's like, no, I, I, it wasn't me. Are you sure? He's like, I was outside, but I wasn't the only yeah, one. Yeah, are you sure? Final answer. <laughs> but they, then when they get into when he kicks him into that room, that always freaked me out in the movie. Oh, the LSD room. Yeah, and they're all they're either on. Uh, the LSD. I thought they were chasing the dragon, or they're on LSD. Oh, yeah, LSD. but yeah. sure, you're opium, and, and, sure. And, and the 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 complete like uh, you know delusional like they don't care. They're laughing harder. Like it, it was it was it's kind of those like. Those like torture late '60s movies where like you have the biker gangs or like you know like Last House on the Left. The shock, kind of the, the shock. Yeah, where the they, they end up killing him and, and, and oh sure he he falls back against the girl and, and breaks her sunglasses lens and she doesn't yeah. even yeah, notice she's still that laughing. shot. Yeah, well, there's something like very nightmarish about that. There's yeah, where no one's because like we were just introduced to these type of women before and we were like oh they're like they're, they were prostitutes or whatever they're you know and their faces are all painted yeah weird. they're all tra- they're like Blue Boy from the Dragnet episode they're I very, would, like you know I was thinking like a Manson family. That's why I yes. was thinking LSD. But sure, opium makes and more that, sense because of the yeah. the, sh- the movie. But I don't. I can't see them. You know, I, I, being that delusional on opium. I mean, of course, you're well, I mean, they're just... more logy. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know. I mean, I don't know. but also then later on when they go downstairs, and the other thing that really freaked me out in this movie is when you have the cells of the girls they're hooking. Help me, help on, me. Yeah, on help L- me. they're hooking on uh, yeah. heroin because that's what they find tracks on the body they find at the beginning of the movie that washes up. That's the, the attendant. That's the clue. He's like, see, she's like, uh, let me guess, she OD'd? And he's like, no, well, we had tracks on her, so obviously she's being put under the needle. <laughs> 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 so uh, that always freaked me out too. Yeah, that helped me, the, you know, the... They're stuck in this. Well, there's a you know, lot going on in this. Movie. Or the you, people who were Shanghai in the base. You're not surprised that John Saxon's agent read it and said, "No, no, he's playing Williams. He's not playing Roper." <laughs> yeah, kid, that he's was, playing Roper. He's not playing Williams. And Mike brings up a good point. Originally, uh, uh, Saxon's character was supposed to die. Roper. Roper was supposed, to, and Williams was supposed to survive until Before the end. He moved to California and became a landlord for uh, Jack Tripper and. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on three's company. And then he got his own show, The Mister. Yeah, aka Norman Fell. Yeah, he he was supposed to, but then Saxon. He, I don't know how good Saxon's agent was because Saxon went there thinking he was the lead, and then he was acting like the lead. Well, you know, he is kind, but in the, yeah, because they were worried. About, what's interesting about the movie is that I think he was the lifeline. If if Bruce Lee didn't work out, then his acting chops weren't. They could have. Is that it so that it's Saxon, almost a dual lead in some ways? Yeah. I mean, if we didn't, if we didn't have the prologue. 
Yeah, it just starts off with the yeah you know, with Lalo and, like, and if it started out like it does in the book, which is just flashbacks. like Williams, Roper, then Lee. So you, at that point, you have an ensemble or a buddy movie as opposed to it definitely plays a revenge. You know, because we, everybody like gets a reservoir their flash, dog because everybody gets their flashback. <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. a sorcerer. Like, yeah. um, you know, but because it opens with the prologue where we're with, uh, you know, Lee and. You know, we get bits of his philosophy in the beginning. It does; it's introduced to us more as a Bruce Lee picture, and that's only capped on at the end. Once they shot everything, they've looked at the dailies, they've seen, okay, Bruce is going to be able to carry this movie. It's going to be a success, but we we need to give it some direction. Yeah, let's 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 put a fine point on this. This is Bruce Lee's story, but in a lot of ways, like it is kind of an ensemble piece, and Roper is. Almost as significant as Lee is. Yeah, and he has a heart too, which that, just goes a long way. That gangster is so good. Man. And like, I that love is the, a, that, that is a straight seventies gangster. Which right one? There, that you should have. You should have when you're on the golf course. <laughs> oh, with the guy from Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the only gun we seen. You should have paid when you had the chance. And the funny, and you know, and then I love like when you just get like a little piece of dialogue, which is like when he sees Williams on the boat. And they're like, oh, how long's it been? Five years? No, six years. How what you been doing since now? Exposition, yeah. exposition, yeah. like yeah, that threw away. It is so, it is so clean. Like there is no wasted. There's like, it just gets there. Yeah, everything's it, done on purpose. Yeah, it all has. It everything all is so deliberate. There's the no plot. fluff. Yeah, there's no like flocking. There's well, no spray it, on. It is. It, it is kind of an exploitation film. These were all guys. Yeah. These were all you know, guys doing it. Yeah, making it up as they went along. I mean, they say they only shot they when they got to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. The the was it Golden Harvest? Yeah. The, 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 their equipment was so dilapidated that they had to rent stuff, and they only shot this movie on two cameras and three lenses, which is kind of crazy to think about. So you think about a like a long setups. lens, long lens, a zoom, and a wide. Yeah, ten millimeters, like a yeah. I don't know. Wow. You know, and then whatever, and the and then. Uh, the the exposition with the t- with them getting together and so you have everybody. Well, it's interesting because if they're like, how long has it been? And he's like five years. No, it's been six. That says something. I mean, this is like these guys know each other. They have a bit of history. But then we're like, well, they're in the same circles at some point. Yeah, you know, like okay, like so. But when he says like, how? What have you been you doing? You could do a you could no. do a for this. For this like, maybe, a kumite, is like, maybe they did a kumite. Like, yeah, well, or you, you know, can like, have a prequel where they're both doing kung fu and karate in Nam, killing the Viet Cong up on like the top of a hill. Or but it just like it automatically just Sorry, that like that line. Yeah, says so much. It just it adds like it tells us like where, when, it's, how. It's effortless storytelling it in us, such a very short piece and it gives of dialogue. Us exposition and that like these guys could be they're trained yeah. in something. You know, when we see that Williams goes to the dojo and stuff, and you know, we see Roper kick a little ass, but it automatically tells us like that these guys could be fucking special forces. Special, who knows what their history is? But it also, but then it also begs that question of like. Yeah, you what, know, like what you is said, it? Like, it would be awesome to see, like, a Roper Kelly. <laughs> yeah, a buddy, a buddy guy, like a prequel. <laughs> and it also gives you, like, Bruce is the mysterious person. You have the New Zealander on board who we set up as a dick. He's throwing a- around the Chinese people. So he's, like, the typical Westerner. And then Bruce deals with him. And the best way Bruce can do it, fighting without fighting, by putting him on a rowboat and giving him to, like, the kids yeah. to, to determine his fate. So, and, and I thought that guy would have been, had a bigger part in the movie, but he, yeah. he gets his ass handed to him, like, in the first bout. I love how, <laughs> Rope, I love how Roper wrecks him. You know, it's a, it's a movie where things are very clearly black and white, where you see who the villain is, and then later he gets his comeuppance. Like, that guy gets his ass kicked. Like, first he gets a mini one where... 
the guy who he kicked on the boat to show he was an asshole to begin with gets yeah. to hold the rope and torture him a little. But then later on, yeah, Williams really creams him. Right? Yeah. And then you, you, we have Bolo. Bolo's a freaking yeah. badass Excuse in this movie. But I oh, love, sorry, Roper, Roper creams him. Yeah. But I me. love how Roper... I think Saxon and, and Lee have a really... Bruce Lee have a very good chemistry. And well, I love how like their relationship kind of develops so that by the end, when they're like, give each other the thumbs up, you're like, they've been through something together. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, and, they, an and they clearly like each I other do feel and they like, respect each other. I do feel like they have a connection together because right off the top, like they see each other on the boat, but then when they're, no, they're at gambling, the... They're gambling. They're pushing oh, yeah, the yeah, odds. Yeah, yeah. He's dropping... He's he's trying to throw the fight until the odds go up and then he kicks his ass. Yeah, but when they have... Oh, the, that's with Williams and Roper. When they have the meal together... Well, but they do be gambling because they bet on the, the Prey Mantis fight. Yeah. And then that all gets a little more of like you could tell he's a gambling man. He likes playing odds and all that. When they have the big meet, meal, when they have the sumo wrestlers, and they meet Han. Uh, when what's his face is uneasy, Saxon's walking around. You know, you get that kind of. Why thing. do I feel like I'm being fattened up for the kill? Yeah, he goes to Bruce Lee and he kind of feels it out with Bruce. Like yeah. he's like, you know, I'm not. But he doesn't say that. But then since he knows, but even on the boat, Williams, he says that to Williams. Yeah. When they pull up and he's sitting next to Bruce Lee on the boat as a pull up and Ed Roper says something like. Now that's the kind of woman that could teach you a lot about yourself, or something like that. You know, you see like <laughs> Lee look over, yeah. like, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. But and I love that Williams uh, Roper has a heart. That I like that, like you know, that like uh, there's a level he won't like. That's the whole, I guess, sub theme where it's yeah, like, he says there's, so, there's even the something I won't. Yeah, do. He, he won't the guillotine with the cat. But even with the girls, you could see on his face when he goes down there that he's like, this is horrifying with the heroin and the. He, he realizes a whole sex. Yeah, he slave. doesn't want any part of that yeah. shit. Yeah, like, I mean, and I wonder if it's not just that he's worried he's like, I about. Might fuck, I might be in debt. Yeah, but I'm but, not much big of a. But I'm he, not that big of a. But I don't, and it's not even that he's worried about getting into this nefarious business with these shadowy you people. You left some sizable debts in America. <laughs> exactly, but it's like he doesn't worry. He doesn't care. I, it's I, I think he, it's the moral implications of what they're doing. You know the the drugs. Oh yeah, the, you yeah. know, and, and then the women. He's like, a, I can't. Do he's that. like, I'll bet on golf or whatever. So, <laughs> he's not. so you're saying in that in that way, it's like the Godfather. He's like, the drugs is a dirty business. He can't do the drugs. Exactly. Can't touch yeah, the you drugs. listen to Vito. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, I also love in the beginning. You get that Williams line of like, you know, they're talking about Hans Island, and he's like, well, they're not doing so good over there, and he's like. You know, getters are the same all over the world. It's true. They, they stink. stink. Yeah. There's yes. There's social commentary like, in such a few spare words. Yeah, it's another great line of like, like the like you're saying with the Nam reference that like, yeah, that's everybody in the theater that maybe were African American. Yeah. And then Roper's like, like, same old Williams or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That. Just, just, it says this everywhere we go. <laughs> Detroit City, Chicago, mm-hmm. Hong Kong. But yeah, you get so and then, and then it's. So you ha- you're really going after. Look at the demographics f- for for marketing. You have the African American audience who's going to be watching. You have the the Caucasian Western audience, and you have an Asian market. You know, so to sell this movie, this is going to be you know that no, no wonder why Kelly becomes this huge star in the you know in the black exploitation films. They needed a double feature with Cheech and Chong, and they could have gotten everybody. They <laughs> throw Cheech and Chong in here somewhere. You yeah. think Cheech and Chong could have fit in this film? They could have been he, like he could have been Braithwaite. <laughs> Cheech could have been Braithwaite, no problem. <laughs> If he had, we well, can we can make our own version. When when Williams goes thrown into the opium den, you have Cheech and Chong. All the two guys there with the with the hookah. There. Yeah, they're filling the hookah. Hey, ladies, where are you going? So that can you imagine that they wanted to first cast Rod Taylor in the role of Saxon's role? Rod Taylor being of of course the uh, you know he's in the Time Machine. He's uh, what else is he in? No, give me somebody else. You know? No. 
but then later, I guess because Klaus had worked with him. How Robert about Rod Klaus. Steiger? Did they think about that casting been, him? That would have been weird. That would have been weird too. Especially at his size there. He'd just been yelling at everybody at the time. Uh, what was the name of this movie before they, the, it was like, was it Blood and Steel? Was the the running so title very very, very fascist uh, future <laughs> in that in that in that title, and then they, uh, uh, I think that but then he was fighting to call it uh, Return of the Dragon or Enter, or Enter the Dragon, uh, and they were there was there was some big pushback with the uh, with the studio because the studio didn't think that would work or you, that would sell. You got to see know? Bruce as a guy who was a number of years ahead of his time, in that you know sometimes when people are ahead of their time. They people realize, oh yeah, hey, and they get recognition in their lifetime. And sometimes he was ahead of his time, and people couldn't understand the ideas that he was trying to express in his lifetime. But luckily, yeah. we have these films. We have these five films. So yeah, and luckily more. we have a lot of other footage, footage of him exactly. too, like him on television shows, uh, either w- in interviews or kind of playing himself. You know, giving oh, the his screen own, tests or yeah, but give, you know, what's the one? It's like Ironside or something. And he's teaching somebody, and he's doing his whole like, be oh, like a water, guest, my a guest friend. Shot. Yeah, and you get to hear like all his philosophies about life and and the martial arts. And so, luckily, I mean, he was around at a time where so much of what he had to say was is preserved. And thankfully, he also had a widow, even though, you know. He died in a mistress's apartment. <laughs> yeah, but is that a, true? But had a widow that is is wanting to preserve his legacy. And Un- understood. He, and sure. he and his daughter, I, uh, she and, and their daughter, have, uh, still to this day, they do a Bruce Lee podcast. Yeah, and uh, you know they're trying to keep the the legacy of Bruce Lee alive. Now, is it true? Because I had heard that they were. Um, she was the, the the actress. They were the, the apartment he was in. He was going over with the with the producer. They were trying to rehearse Game of Death stuff, and they talk about I guess in uh, May of seventy three. He's doing ADR work for post production for End of the Dragon, and he's in Golden Harvest Studio recording. He he he. he falls down, has a seizure, unconscious, he's rushed to the hospital, and they that's when they, they uh, discover the, uh, the uh, hematoma, what does he have in it? Hematoma? Yeah, in his brain, and they yeah. give him some stuff. And then months later in July... Uh, but in May, they also discover that he had cannabis in his system, and the doctor suspect that he had an allergy to it. Well, because he, yeah, because he's hanging out. That's another thing is him, hang, him hanging out with Steve McQueen. This is the, the turtlenecks. We, yeah, you McQueen know, was a huge cannabis thing. So they were saying leather, you know, those brown leather jackets yeah, with, with, the with, with, the, with the leather the, on, on the on the uh, shoulder cuffs. So uh, he's smoking or in, he's ingest. I don't know if he was smoking it, but he's in, ingesting it somehow. And uh, when he, in July, when he's when he's at that woman's place, I think because he's. I, he had some trauma to the brain. It could be from all the injuries he was suffering at the time because he got a lot of injuries on the set doing End of the Dragon. So when you come to July, he was at this woman's house. He was complaining of a headache. She gave him like a painkiller. He went to take a nap, and then he never woke up. And then the producer came back over because he was supposed to meet him for dinner. He didn't was unresponsive. And then what the, what the postmortem they do on him is that I think it was because he had an allergic reaction to the painkiller they gave him. They gave him like a um, an aspirin of some kind. No, it was something a little heavier. Like yeah, a, I mean that's unfortunately like there's a lot of 
hearsay. Well, I mean, because there's a there's there there's that they had hashish in his system again. There's spotty reports. Yeah, there's just like, and then there's also the people that suspect that he was killed by the triads, probably back from when they kicked the sons, but. You know, or whatever. Yeah, there was, you know, a, he was murdered. There's a lot of conspiracy. Street gangs. But it seems, I mean, the, the reports that I have come across that seem most uh, legitimate are that he had an issue with the hashish or cannabis in May, and his brain swelled, and he almost went into a coma, almost died then. And then because he was Bruce Lee and kind of felt he was invincible, he did it again. And this so time he didn't wake we up. Probably, so you heard the cerebral... We probably went to college with some of the biggest-brained people on the planet. <laughs> so you're saying you've heard the cerebral edema was from the cannabis? Yeah. Oh, because I... Was that it, he had, from a allergic reaction, his brain swelled. Okay, because I heard it was just from him getting, you know, he's him taking too many... And not he's not getting punch drunk. Yeah. But he's getting, you know, he's taking a beating with this daily regimen of his working out. And, it's really, you know, yeah, it's tough to say what it, what it was. Yeah, you know, but he has the, the, the cerebral edema in May, and then come July it resurfaces, and then he had a reaction to the uh, equin, equinol, or equi, I forget what the hell that, the name of the, 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 the painkiller was that she, the, the Taiwanese actress gave him. Yeah, yeah. And then he ends up dying because of that. And then when he dies, it's like three or four days before the Hong Kong premiere. Because he's in Hong Kong to meet Lazenby, George Lazenby, because he's supposed to be doing a movie. So he's having dinner in Hong Kong with him. And then in a couple days, they're going to have the Hong Kong release for End of the Dragon. So he dies within like like three or four days of the Hong Kong yeah, release. Yeah, he dies and like then, on the 20th, and then like the 23rd is the, or whatever. It's like Hong, three days. Yeah, and then I think it's like a month or six weeks to the... To the American premiere. I don't think it's that much. It's like three weeks. Yeah, something like it's 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 very much like James Dean when James when James Dean died prior to Giant coming out because you know and then everyone's like oh my it's like it's like right when they make it they're already gone yeah you know that's that's kind of uh, crazy and then and then people suddenly want more Bruce Lee and they're like well we don't have so they're 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 recutting uh, the the Green Hornet stuff and they're um. they're, they're calling it Cato or something they're putting that out they re. The, there's two movies, this movie and the movie Marlowe, where James Gardner plays Philip Marlowe, that Bruce Lee's in, he, where, where you hear his real voice. And they even, that, that's like 68 or 69, they even put that back out in the theater to capitalize. Uh, the they, Way of the Dragon wasn't out yet. So they put that out. Does, and he, they, does they he mean re- Return of the Dragon? But they, call, they <laughs> retitle it Return of the Dragon to capitalize on End of the Dragon. Yeah. It has to be the pseudo-sequel because it yeah. hasn't come out yet. So they, they and of course he was in the middle of shooting Game of Death. Game of Death when he put that on hiatus to make Enter the Dragon. And so then in like seventy eight, yeah, they come Klaus, out. who Robert Klaus, who directs this, they end up shooting shit and putting out a really god awful movie called Game of Death. But in the seventies, you have post Bruce Lee death movies. You have Bruce Lee fights back from the grave. Uh oh. <laughs> you have Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger. You have uh, They Call Me Bruce. You have Bruce Lee, the man, the myth, and then you have Goodbye Bruce Lee, his last game of death. So these are all movies that are capitalizing either using footage, yeah, or him, or the Bruce Lees or Bruce Lays, yeah, which is know, like the Bruce Lees, yes, we, yeah. We talked we talked a little bit about that last uh, week. last week because they were also at the time trying to push Jackie Chan as like the next Bruce Lee. So him and Sonny Chiba, there's all Bruce these people, Lies and yeah. Sonny Chiba, like the you know with his haircut to look like Bruce Lee and. Uh, so then there was this whole like faux 
Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee movie where these people and I don't know who knows if Western audiences at the time were like, yeah, he's still alive. Oh my God, he's coming from the grave. <laughs> well, I mean, there was some tacky stuff. You could never hope to re- replicate. Where I think you and I might have watched that Bruce Lee fights back from the grave because that might that be might the movie we were too, yeah. we were talking about last week where it's they have it's they have it starts off where. It's behind the scenes of him shooting game in the of, movie. Game of Death. Uh, no, in of Way of the Dragon. So it's him does on he, the... Does he mean Return of the Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> on the Coliseum yeah. with Chuck Norris. He goes to his trailer, the movie we watched. He dies. And then they actually have footage of him from like his funeral. He sits up like, in, <laughs> in the glass what, what am I doing lying no, there? There's a big funeral procession. So they actually use with the footage gla- With the glass... Kate, you know, uh, you can see coffin from Hong Kong. Yeah, so it's like they have actual footage of him dead. Yeah, with in like the uh, yes. with Steve McQueen as a pallbearer and uh, what's his face, uh, James Colburn. Yeah, <laughs> putting it away, and uh, and then it turns into this crazy movie. But there's so many, you know, it, it gets to the point where it's really just taking the piss the, in the '70s, where they're just doing these completely uh, like uh, stereotypical horrible movies to capitalize on his death, and then at the same time, you're saying. Jackie Chan comes into Providence. Sonny Chiba comes into Providence. Just uh, doing all these movies. And then, and of course, you know, you get the... Not, not only you get all the rip-offs and stuff, but then you get, like, in 77, there's that extended uh, Enter the Dragon parody in Kentucky oh, Fried Oh, Kentucky Fried Movie. That's, that's, yeah, that... A sense full of yen. Yeah. And then in 2007, we get one of my favorite movies, uh... Balls of Fury or Great Balls of Fury. Oh, with Christopher Walken? <laughs> with Christopher I've never Walken seen that. And that's kind of like a joke on this. Yeah, it's it's basically a uh, ping pong version. And I didn't even know. Uh, the, the table tennis version. Of the this. whole Mortal Kombat movie is, uh, the whole Mortal Kombat story, which I think you alluded to earlier, is basically a rip off of this, where they're, they're going to a tournament. Hey, there's a tournament movie. Yeah, there's one guy who has a shitload of baggage, or the, the Westerner, they get there, there's a, like a oh, that's bolo Paris, Hel- that's Paris Hilton, yeah, she, she fights. There's, there's, a, there's a big bolo-esque kind of guy in there who's like the big, you know, and then, then there's Speaking of Bolo, a, Bolo comes back in a lot of movies, but he's in Bloodsport. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's the one but that I throws love, the fucking sand in Bloodsport. <laughs> that I love. Like, ah! I love that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Basically, he, he, Bruce Lee kicks Bolo so hard in the nuts that he kills him in this Yeah, movie. he just passes out. <laughs> and, 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 and even Han's like, he kicked him in the nuts that hard. <laughs> Shit. Because he turns... He, he was ca- my best man. He turns up being a pushover. Like, like uh, Saxon's able to kick his ass a uh, little he's bit. He's so cruel. And he's the only one who you see do an arm bar. Yeah. You know? You, you don't really see... Like, you see different techniques. But, like, the film is remarkably spare on sort of showing like the there was a lot of like almost like like we're watching it like a video game like 2d 2d stuff but the over the shoulder stuff where you see a lot of action yeah you don't see all that technique so bolo actually getting a guy like he cracks a guy's back you know he breaks oh, he breaks yeah, the guy's push spine. Them together yeah he, you know well that's... i like a lot of that first person stuff like when you see like john saxon going after like the pov stuff of him fighting that that's, is the weirdest you know? angle in the that yeah, is the weirdest angle awkward. in the film because saxon I, for me it looks like he's not as flexible so he's kind of like you know he's got a black he's dodging, belt but he's, yeah but so he's, he's kind of like Ugh. yeah <laughs> he's reaching to get up there yeah, you're right. you know which is interesting if you put it in context this is said this comes out in 73 yeah i think Black Christmas is seventy four. Yeah, so, so it's right like around he that like time. Fucking leaves Hong Kong and goes right and to, go to Canada <laughs> to shoot Bob Clark's Black Christmas. Uh, <laughs> and the, I mean, because I, for being familiar with Aikido, 
when he's downstairs and when he puts the, the the cobra into the room and he gets everybody out and they turn the alarm on, there's a ton of techniques like a sh- there's shionagis, arimanagis, there's sankyos, all these great aikido techniques that where he takes where he takes their oh bulgogi <laughs> yeah yeah exactly baloney hagido but you see where he's taking the people and throwing and them throw, into things he's using you know, their he's using their momentum yeah which is which way, is yeah. one of the ideas of aikido using the force against their weight or their 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 force against them just keep redirect them and keep them going and, and you see a ton of that in this uh, and. You know, there's a lot more that I'd love to discuss, but one thing we definitely do have to at least mention uh, before we wrap it up is the mirror sequence. Yeah. Which is, reminds you know, that end, that whole end fight scene, and I don't remember what year Man with the Golden Gun comes out. Because that that's, whole end, That's 75, 76. Yeah, because that must have been... Christopher Lee. Kind of inspired Influenced, for sure. Of, of that scene, I'm sure, has been period parodied hundreds of times for me they talk about that one of the inspirations i guess for robert klaus the director for this movie is that there's an old comic called terry and the pirates there's a restaurant that the that that place was that inspired that uh that mirror scene yeah go go ahead yeah they they, they ate someplace at a chinese restaurant they saw the mirrors like this we got to use this but the colors the place in rome (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. The place in Rome has, he was, a lot, has a lot of uh, uh, mirrors, mirrors on the way to the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this Terry and the Pirates comic strip that took place, like it was a Westerner in China, had a lot of colors. And uh, Klaus liked that. But for me, there's a. Colors you, or colored? Colors. <laughs> I'm just making no, sure. No, no, no. Colors. You guys are bright slurring, colors. You guys slurring your words yeah. here on the sleep well, we're starting to, We're starting to sober it's up. Getting late. Um, but have you. There's a movie. Have you seen the, the Lee Marvin movie Point. Uh, blank point blank I brought you John guys, Boersman I didn't because it's not on it's not free on Prime I brought you guys <laughs> a sample of what uh, I'm borrowing from Uncle Pat right now comics bu- oh, comic book what are you laying out for us just you know a couple things that, that I've been reading right this now this is fabulous I've read this this is phenomenal you got Half a Life with Archie with, with, uh, yeah. with a Francesco Francovia yeah yeah it's phenomenal I'm really digging it uh, yeah. well speaking of, you know in, in terms of comic books there's that great the they influence had, uh, they had that big um in the seventies, they had that big kung fu Marvel. I think it was Marvel. It's about Iron Fist and, well, Lu- it wasn't and Luke Cage. Iron Fist, but it was like a, a, I don't know if it was always the same oh, story, but yeah, they yeah. Had, Tail, sorry. But like Shang-Chi. Neil Adams did yeah, a couple yeah. of really oh, awesome. It's all probably Bruce because of this. Lee, Bruce Lee. Uh, oh, covers. I have, I have a, one of those that he. Yeah, yeah the, I have the one from that he did uh, a print of the one that he did for Game of Death, which is him versus Han in the in the. Uh, in the mirror. Or in the dragon room. room. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I have the same one when we met him at the comic thing. I had him sign. But my point was, Point Blank has a lot of this crazy visual style where they're like in, you know, they're in they're, they're in projector rooms and all these things. And at the I end of this movie. I think it's affected by Leone. You think that all this is like that, that I, you, you the mise-en-scene? Like well, the, he, um, the, the mirror being comparable to the heliographing in the Western, like the outdoor Westerns, you know what yeah. I mean? Like oh, flash, yeah, the totally, flash, yeah. flash of sun off the metal yeah. is the same as the the reflection that he's using in the mirror. I think, yeah, I think I mean, he takes really, it and information. Cause I think the colors it. are amazing and you see that in game of death with his, with the yellow, uh, jumpsuit he has, but like it's, um, it's, I love the color designs. And then in this, I think they look pretty oh, sweet. The deep red col- wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That very stark, like you get that a lot of that like, in the quote unquote orient, that kind of style of stuff. So at the end, when they're in that, when you're in his, they fight in the his inner, war room. His inner sanctum. And then they go into the... Fortress the, of Solitude. The Fortress of Solitude. They go into the mirror room, which you don't even know why. 
a guy would have like, a... Because <laughs> he likes to bang chicks in there <laughs> yeah. get every angle. Every angle I can see myself. That's got that secret door. Yeah. Oh, that means like, there's how many 8,000 mirrors used in that. What was, yeah, what was the mirror budget? I was going to get really dirty and say, like, well, Jesus, if he's banging girls in there, who knows what kind, the of, what kind of things he has on oh, the... Uh, what attachments? attachments? Yeah, that's, that's, e- e- so, so this <laughs> was... So this Bring was, it in. This was classic, you know, check off if there's, you know... A spiked bear fur hand <laughs> on the wall in the first act. He's going to take it out and use it to try and kill Bruce Lee in the third act. Well, I like and that, that happens. I like in the ending how it ends. I mean, you come down with Bruce Lee walking down the stairs, and then they rack the focus. You know, the focus puller was to everybody. To everybody. Well, uh, you see the fur, the fur waving in the wind. You know, yeah, and then that's the end, and then it keeps going. So then, you know, they could have easily freeze framed that shit and, and optically printed it, but they let that thing go, and you see that the big uh, <laughs> the place where they shoot all that. Yeah, you know, like. The, were ten- there were tennis courts. Yeah, you see the lines. Yeah, yeah. The guys line up very well. Like you, you know, you sort of like you're in a lot of the wides. You're presented like a diagonal of these, uh, you know, square formations of men yeah. doing the wor- <laughs> yeah. doing the workout. You always see like one guy slacking off and line. he's off rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we hated him. Well, you we know what I hated him. I like that you think the, think the idea that. Uh, below you have not only the sex trade, but they ha- trade, but they have these Shanghai drunkards that they've gotten from the shores. Just old drunken men who no longer care where they find themselves yeah, so, each morning. So, but that's funny because if you take that line and then realize at the end of the movie when she lets all them out. Those old drunken drunkards who are the Shanghai guys are the people who win. So, uh, hands. Army is terrible. Well, they've sobered up by now. Yeah, and they're pissed. They're like, we want another drink. But the, he, they're the ones that overrule. And then when you look at the, I found myself. Well, they're the Ewoks. You were rooting. Yeah, exactly. The Good point. Yeah. Good point. But I was watching in the back during the end sequence when you see like Bruce Lee fighting people or he's fighting uh, Han and Han's ripping people off with his with his with his beer claw. Blinding guys. In the back, you watch the people, all the extras, and all they're doing is just like touching each other and they're <laughs> touching somebody else, and one is just shaking someone else's shoulder, and someone else is just they're running by, hitting someone on the head, giving I, somebody like a. I uh, have to a, say that this um, most this is the thing that resembles most a trauma film outside of the US to me in that they were in, in that they were had Hoffman. to they had to hire local local drunken men to oh, play yeah, those they, guys they, they had to hire real local, prostitutes local prostitutes to play the, those roles so it's just funny to think that like in the context of the film these people they've shanghai as you said Blake that they they are sobered up so they're probably pissed but it's like you have these old men who are just like fuck it we're, we're, we want to you know and they they're able to take the whole island back but we don't know like why these kidnapped we don't get why I, I'm sure it's for girls. I'm they're, sure it's for uh, labor like you know down there for you know, I, I'm, we didn't see the whole facility, but I'm sure they're good. Probably point. it goes their levels down below into the well, ocean. Well, it's like a bond thing, so I bet you they they probably have a poppy field where they're making the heroin. So they're probably having these guys pick or it a or desalinization <laughs> plant where they're just getting fresh <laughs> so, water. I mean, plankton. I, and I would stuff. love to see the the Williams Roper Vietnam movie. the buddy movie. That's but what I would prequel. also love to see oh, the yeah. movie about the guys where like they have to sleep up against each other because they can't lay down. You know, like the harrowing. Uh, you know, guys trapped on Hans Island. Yeah, they're, they're, they're waiting. So, so two films escape from Hans Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that they're waiting, and then they get let go. Like, you have the, the Jackie movie, Ch- the two movies, and then you have the how about you have the Jackie Chan character because Jackie Chan plays three parts in this movie. He plays the, in the flashback. He gets man knee, of many faces. Yeah, he gets later on. He's the guy that that Bruce Lee grabs by the hair. And yeah. then breaks his neck, and then there's another part where he hits him with a nunchuck, right? Like there's a story, yeah. Jackie. We Chan should says, also mention that it was Bruce Lee that brought the nunchuck. It's, cla- it's classic Jackie Chan because his acting style is so easily and obviously contrasted with Bruce's. Because in that scene, 
like he puts down 51 guys or whatever in the control room. Uh, Jackie Chan does this very exaggerated sort of rear back with his head to come at <laughs> yeah. Bruce Lee. And even though it's mostly his back to the camera, yeah. you, you can, can tell, tell that that's yeah. Jackie Chan. And he, I also heard that he's the one, even though he wasn't like the guy that stunt doubled Bruce Lee from the majority of the movie, he's the one that like jumps up the wall as Bruce Lee when, oh, when, when Williams is like human insect or whatever yeah because I like think they, oh, like, they, got, they got Jackie to do all that jumping up the wall because I think stuff. when he, he according out of Jackie's mouth if you watch online that he tells a story where Lee hit him with either the nunchuck or a bow the, I think of the nunchuck and then he Lee after was like so apologetic he's like I'm gonna put you in every one of my movies I do after this whatever so maybe he did get him like half him run up the wall Klaus you know <laughs> have him do that but that's another good movie you have like the, the, the conflicted foot soldier Foot Clan guy, <laughs> creating the yeah. the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah. The into the dragon. Yeah. He's, he's, he gets he's so poor in Hong Kong. Disney. He gets a job on this island, and he's like, "Honey, I'm gonna go." They don't I worry. Miss, they got benefits. I miss my family. <laughs> they got a 401k. He goes to the island, and he's like, "Holy shit!" Well, this stuff is the guy. I do when, not want any part of this. These people are getting killed by yeah. Bolo. Holy. Yeah, there's this, that one. There's, I think it's. I guess it's when Lee Kevin got running around yesterday. the first time, and you have friend. <laughs> and you have the security guy like walking around with the nunchuck, and he accidentally the like, skinny guy. Like, he accidentally like bumps it into like slams it into like one of the statues. Yeah, he goes, oh. he goes that guy story. Yeah, his story. Like he's, he's, he doesn't know anything. He's like they want me to use it. I don't know how the hell yeah. to use this freaking thing. Obviously, his family owed Han money type of thing. So <laughs> he's they just Han's got the kid. Nephew. Because yeah. you always think about where they get these like in Sickly. the in the Bond movies. Where do they get these henchmen? These people that you know the these like Jesus. Do they have like pensions? Are they are they paying some sort of like uh, you know disability to people? Or your or your wife and kids insured it's for probably, medical it, coverage? It's probably you know uh, what do you call it? Is there an HR department? <laughs> it's probably a lump sum on death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bolo, uh, you got three hundred dollars because Bolo. Uh, what there's a uh, there's a couple of um, I apologize. It's slapping. It's of a Roger. Cobras. It's a Roger Moore. Uh, film about like these spies from like 79 80 like he's a he's a scottish commando oh oh um, mick it's called mick something yeah that's on the tip of my tongue um and he's like you know, does he have a green beret or is it yeah yeah he's, he looks like john wayne from the green beret anyway he has a he has not a turtle- forced him for out never he has a he has a turtleneck in that film too he's very turtlenecked up and that's funny too because we talked about last week cannonball run and jackie because we jackie chan's in that Roger Moore's in Cannibal Run, and the joke in that is he looks like Roger Moore from The Bonds, and he's, he's with his mom, and he keeps telling his, and his mom's like, "You're not Roger Moore." He's like, "Mom, I am Roger Moore." So you know? he's doing he's doing a face from the credits of the A Team, where a Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> exactly, yeah, robot walks the, the Burke Dene- Burke, Dirk Benedict. Uh, that's a good point. Blake brought up that Bruce Lee did introduce, I think, the world to nunchucks. That's some crazy. Can you imagine seeing that shit for the first time? Bruce, like, take he hits one guy, grabs the nunchucks, like, oh. <laughs> you know, and the guy's like, oh, boy, shit. And then all that stuff he does down when he takes out, like, 50 guys in the uh, in the basement scene with the, with the thing on, with the, when the alarm's on, that's insane, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got the staff. He's got the two stick. I mean, it's, it's yeah, an amazing yeah. sequence. And, you know, it's great that we now have the, 
the benefit of being being able to watch this shit in like two, three, fives. Because growing up, when we we were, you know, oh, it was, I, it was full frame, full frame. You couldn't see anything. Hitting guys off. Oh, he, that's you, another you great point much, to bring you up. You see how much warning he had for the guys coming at him. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just you know kind of like spawning right off screen. That's 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 <laughs> yeah, a, was, all this action was like his hands going off screen, hitting guys, and it was like. And that's a Warner trademark I, at the time. Warner was shooting like on that thick two, three, five. So that's so funny to think about. Like back then, you'd see it in a cinema, but then when you'd see it on TV, you don't know what the hell is going on. How much of the picture you lose. It wasn't until yeah. like Warner Brothers put out those clamshell VHSs. Where they oh, were, I remember that. Yeah, that, yeah. That, when I got that when we were in college, where it was like, finally, I saw I The saw rest like, of the film, yeah. Saw, yeah. Like, you cried. I, I remember specifically when I got the Dirty Harry widescreen, I cried because it was like a whole different movie. It's like you, you don't even realize what you're missing. Or if you've grown up watching it on TV... And it's, you know, it has profanities in it or there's stuff that they had to cut out for television safe. And it's interesting that we brought up that this was like a Bond-esque story, but they purposely wanted to have it, no guns, to have yeah. focus on. I love how it's like, yeah. well, why don't we just go there and, put, you know, blow them away? No, 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 no guns. <laughs> no guns. We're going to make it hard for you. Set that up right now. Second scene of the movie. We'll, we'll yeah. call this one of the unreasonable constraints. Yeah, and then, and then Bruce is like, Jesus. But at least they address it. Yeah, because then it's kind of... It's kind of like ridiculous. So why don't they just go and why doesn't he just have like a machine gun and just take them out? Yeah, take, take everybody out. out. <laughs> you know, he has a, like a you know a Thompson hiding in a bush or a M sixteen and just shoot everybody. <laughs> you know, but if for some reason you know, but they set it up that you don't have any guns. And also, I guess that's a good setup too. Like Han had a bad. That's that's another movie. What was Han's <laughs> bad experience to get him to be? Uh, well, to you have, have Han leaving the Shaolin Temple. Oh yeah, you know, becoming like the bad. That's student. That's How did he lose his hand and then the rise of Han. kill whoever got it? And then put it in like some like acid to Formaldehyde. get it. Or some sort of... The Wrath of Han. The Wrath of Han. Yeah. <laughs> wrath of Han. There's... Well, I wanted the way we can do Rope this is like Williams. a comic book series where we do all like the intersecting stories. Rope Roar Williams. Have you see, are you familiar with the Afro Samurai? Uh, to, the cartoon. Yeah, sure. yeah. They did a couple... Yeah, I think it was the They cartoon. did a feature of it, didn't they? Maybe, or maybe I'm just thinking that the features were just of like 10 or 12 cartoons together. But uh, I thought Kelly looks very much like, I wonder if they took I would Afro Samurai. You know, that he has that with the Afro, and it's very, like, almost stereotypical of grabbing that iconic image of Jim Kelly, you know, from the 70s. I would imagine that had to be. You look at the influences and stuff. Uh, I mean, this thing must have gone on Ender the Dragon to influence, I think the 70s, the direction we went down, like I said before, with everything, everybody was Kung Fu fighting, that whole era of, we were so into these. And then we didn't bring up, uh, Bruce Lee was trying to do a pilot at the time for Kung Fu, but he had a different name, right? The Sphere. Yeah, well, this was before, yeah. Yeah, and then he kind of got pissed because they ended up Doing with Carradine as Kung Fu. Yeah, and he didn't even know any martial arts. And, and Bruce is like, what the fuck? You know, I'm right here. Yeah, and they're like, well, they were worried. About that. But then I heard, too, he was like, well, you know what? I could understand if, I, if, if a, a white guy came to Hong Kong and they were going to you know, want to do a series, I would have trepidation, too, that, you know. Maybe it wouldn't sell over here. Even though it's about Americans. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But having him cast in the, because he was going to play the, the Kwai John Kane role. Of uh, Carradine's role, yeah. So people and then Carradine ends up being in the Silent Flute. Qui Gon yes. Jinn, the Jedi. Yes. Obi Wan's Obi Wan's teacher, Qui Gon Jinn. Is that Qui Gon Jinn? What's his face? That's Liam from Neeson? Star Wars. Yeah, Liam Neeson's from Taken. Yeah, but wasn't isn't he? Isn't <laughs> Qui Gon Kane? You mean Schindler? Schindler? Yeah, that guy, the guy from the Ghost from that other movie. Um, Dark uh, Man. 
Dark Man. He's in Dark Man. You're right. Yeah, you mean Ra's al Ghul from the <laughs> Batman movies? Not Raj al Ghul. Raish. Uh, you guys love, made me lose my entire train of thought. Oh, you're right. And then he ends up coming with with James Coburn. They do they do the the flute, the golden. What is it called? The, the it's like golden flute and also silent flute, two different titles. Yeah, but it has something else. I like call the cross or something, isn't it? It's something like the the something cross, the American title. Yeah, because uh, that was going to be the story. That I actually really like that movie a lot. You've always that, talked that movie up, and I've never seen it. But the a Chow film? Th- no, it's the one. It's a it's a Hollywood movie, but it was the movie that Robert were, Klaus also directed. They were trying to develop for Lee. I forget who. I think it was a Coburn, it. and then uh, Coburn didn't write it. It was a was a big writer. It might have been well. Sterling Cinefant became who we talked about. He did. He wrote. Towering Inferno, but he wrote but The he, Naked City. He wrote. It might have been. Uh, yeah. He was writing the, I think the Green Hornet at the time with William Dozier doing Batman. He became a student of Lee's, and I think he was right. He wrote that something. Might, he, might, he might have written that. And then he. Um, uh, basically, the the only downside about that movie is that whoever plays the lead is is kind of gross and not a good casting. But uh, to the leap, the Bruce Lee part. But yeah, well, whoever was like the the hero, like the yeah. protagonist of that movie. But the all the villains are played by David Carradine <laughs> wow. on purpose. He doesn't yeah. give you a lot of choice. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, like there's like a you know it's like kind Peter of, Sellers again back to Doctor oh, Strange. Right. It's a little bit like the, it's a little bit like Game of Death in that you know I think it's about like fighting the different styles, and so he plays like a bunch of different opponents. Yeah, but they all have different kung fu styles. Um. um but uh, that's a whole other show. That's certainly, other a, show. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an. Ep- this is an epic movie, and uh, I don't know. I, for me, it is the probably my favorite martial art movie. Well, of the all fact time. that but you the, could the do mirror, the whole mirror sequence. No, that at the end is amazing. I mean, that whole thing. You know, them getting sick. They couldn't even spend more than fifteen minutes in that room because they're all getting well, sick. Well, the fact like th- <laughs> that thirty years later, you could do. Like a table tennis ping pong parody of this movie and have it get a nationwide release. Have it resonate. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Because I mean, yeah. it really but is. But wasn't a that going on like movie. a joke of like, um, I feel like there were other comedies about of that era. Pao, Enter the Fist that yeah. came out. Wasn't there kind of movies of that time that that was like a, like it, it rode the back of some parody, karate par- parodies? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's it's yeah. They have a premise like, like well, like even a, I mean, but look none at of Kentucky them, Fried Movie. It, there's forty minutes of Kentucky Fried Movie. <laughs> is they they redo almost every pop. other skit is like three minutes long, yeah. and then the forty minute yeah, it's really epic. Parody of, the, yeah, of that of 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 all they it actually was go important. Like beat it was for important beat. enough. Yeah, uh, and certainly for me, this is like the the I don't know. For me, it's like the it's, best. Bruce it's Lee. your gateway drug. Yeah. Well, the fact that this guy made really only. Four movies. He's the John. He's the John Casal of kung fu movies. <laughs> is what you're trying to say. Every single movie he made was. They all didn't get not Oscar nominated, but he was. It was close. <laughs> but then he only made like four movies. Only one of which was a, like a co-production with America, and that like we're not the only ones still talking about him. You know that he's still huge, and that you know there's multiple documentaries being made about him. Dragon the Bruce Lee story came out. Didn't in the, the early movie 90s. just come out last year that it was about when they had like a pseudo Steve McQueen in it. It was about Bruce Lee and Steve McQueen shopping for Turner. Yeah, but isn't there a movie together where the two of them are <laughs> That's gotta be a comic book. Where it's it's Bruce Lee <laughs> Yeah. But it's a comic book that's like only in the Sunday papers. You know it's, it's a comic big, strip. Yeah it's a strip but oh, it's like, like the color that. strip. Oh I like that. You know, so right when you color. think they're gonna order it you have to wait till like <laughs> next week. Yeah. But isn't it didn't a movie come out last year where it was a guy playing Bruce Lee? 
There was a Bruce Lee you know movie I mean? that I think is about the fight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. About when he had when he fought and they the guy have from a guy playing Steve McQueen in it, and he's like, you know, you can't fight this. Because, I wanted to see know, it when it was at the movie. It was only last year, chance. so I don't even know if it's on video yet. And uh, <laughs> but also in Italy, I think it was in Italy. It's either Italy or Spain, but I think it's Italy. There was like a mini series that was like a complete like like fabricated version of Bruce Lee's life that you can get on DVD as like a truncated what year? movie. Uh, ten years ago, maybe. Oh, so it's it's relevant. Yeah, it's not... I mean, I think a lot of it is fictionalized, uh, probably even more so than I mean uh, than Dragon the Bruce Lee. Story. Some of the ones I mentioned, like my name is Bruce, they're parodying. They're t- like they're horribly stereotyped parody where it's like, watch Bruce Lee. You thought he was dead, but now he's trying to you know work at a bodega watch in L. A. Watch him try to hail you a know? taxi. Yeah, in, it's in, like, in like watch York. him try to eat uh, tacos with chops with with uh, instead of chops, he's using like uh, fucking uh, nunchucks. You know, it's and they like, sell those. Uh, those big high quality like hundred dollar action figures. You can get Bruce Lee ones. I mean, the fact. Oh, that there's um the, the um, sideshow collectibles yeah. do like a four or five hundred dollar Bruce Lee. They do an Enter the Dragon. They do an Enter the Dragon one of his where it's all removable stuff, and then they do him in Enter the Dragon where he's in that awesome suit when he goes to the cemetery with the big glasses. They have that version, and that's the version I want. That shit should be in the <laughs> Smithsonian. You know. Uh, and I would love to have, like, I know we're not talking about Game of Death, but I would love to have that as, like, a onesie, the, the Game of Death outfit. You know, that's true, you could get that. that as uh, a onesie to sleep in? That look awesome. <laughs> that well, look from regular. Chinese. I'm sure it would be comfortable. <laughs> that look from Chinese Connection has been copied in a lot of different, you know, it's a, yeah. it has been copied in a lot of different films since then. And even the Chinese, is it Chinese Connection? Or I get that mixed up, where Fist of Fury, where the plot of that, where he, he promises the mom he's not going to fight and he has the thing around his neck. Which one? Is that Chinese Connection? And then, you know, he had... Oh, no, it's he, Big Boss. Is that Big Boss? Yeah, and that's what, that Fist of Fury, right? Fist, <laughs> Fist of Fury. In the American title is Fist of Fury. And that's kind of like it. That's, that As becomes like the Chinese that, connection where the Hong Kong title is Fist of Fury. That becomes like the Jackie Chan kind of, you know, like when you see that kind of like that theme in the movies where he doesn't want to fight or, you know, like that. Don't, that bring, don't bring dishonor on the family. You know, uh, but like this, Drunken Master. He, he doesn't want to fight. Out, he, has he gets thrown the, out, then he drinks, you know, and then, mom, you know. It's, it's, that's the idea. I'm your mother, but I'm younger than you. But you've ashamed, you've, you've brought shame on step us by mom, fighting. Stepmother. Step, step, step step and we've Sorry. established a connection with uh, the actor being in those other movies for Wong uh, Fei Hung, that epic. Uh, and then his dad was in these movies, you know. This came afterwards, but I definitely saw a bit of this in Snake in the Eagle Shadow. What's uh, that? It's another Jackie Chan yeah. film, Sna- Snake in the Eagle Shadow, which also has the old man from Drunken Master in it. Yeah. Who teaches well, him we, I mean, the we, style. We talked about last week, uh, you know, how when Jackie actually hit it big was when Jackie kind of took what he learned from Bruce, which was, in his opinion, since you weren't here for it, <laughs> Jackie it says... What what makes Jackie work is what he learned from Bruce by watching Bruce on these movies is that Bruce was totally true to himself in the movies. Like Bruce was that guy. Sure, there was an artifice in and off yeah. camera, and the way he presented martial arts was true to him and what he believed. And so when they were trying to push Jackie Chan Lee. as the next Bruce Lee, nothing ever hit because, because he couldn't fit into this because he wasn't that. Right? Yeah, and it wasn't until he was like, "Well, let me do some comedy, the Cantonese opera, when Bruce he, Buster Keaton shit." When he created the Jackie Chan persona that we now know and love, but but when that hit with like the original Drunken Master and Young Master, you couldn't right that it was like finally he was able to be true to himself, carve his own and niche. So, 
that's when he started to become popular. But he says that like he got that from watching. He would watch Bruce Lee very carefully. Who was a funny guy and a really good actor, but you couldn't have the outtakes from from Jackie Chan yeah. movies like <laughs> As you Bruce do Lee at laughing. the end of like you do at the end of Bruce Lee yeah, movies. Yeah. Even though he would break and smile all the time, and it's great to see him laugh and smile and have a good time. Stage his his persona in the in the films is very is or very, even his superstar image, which he hate calling himself a superstar like in Hong yeah. Kong. And this movie didn't even do well in Hong Kong. The other two big boss, big boss, uh, which is Fist he's of talking Fury? about Fist. He's, he's talking about Fist <laughs> of Fury or Chinese Connection. <laughs> That um, <laughs> very, he means Fist of Legend. That those movies movie. did better in Hong Kong Maybe than this we'll one. We'll do did. that next February. Jet Li, come back on. You nice, yeah, Fist yeah. Of Legend. Uh, I'll see if my mom wants me. You know, <laughs> she'll let you come over. Yeah. The the soundtrack hit gold. Uh, that's how many copies it sold. Great and soundtrack. Great poster. And, yeah. That and po- then at, the this made the film registry in two thousand and four. They, they put sure. this on the Library of Congress. Pretty sure I brought a Bruce Lee poster to our uh, to our dorm. You might have room. You might, Rabbit. You might. You might. You might, Rabbit. You might, Mike Verona. You might. Pretty sure I did. You might, Mr. Mr. Baya. Anything else you want to talk about there? I uh, I really loved this film. It was definitely uh, definitely one of the important ones, and it, it it's good that it comes together because I was really in the mood when we met, uh, in that kung fu sort of spirit. So. This film does resonate for that time. Well, yeah. I mean, the minute we started, we brought up doing Kung Fu February a couple, a couple years. Yeah, we were gonna do uh, black exploitation movies in February. And we thought that was important. I, rec- <laughs> I recommend Snake in the Eagle Shadow, but yeah, you know, of course. That might, uh, might yeah, do you have any recommendations for people who want to go uh, go a little a deep dive into the uh, Mike Michael C. Morona lists some of his faves. Yeah. The, okay. Sure. The uh, the one I mentioned earlier about the Chinese Japanese marriage saved by. Uh, Saved the all of these, you know, have alternate titles. It was called Challenge of the Ninja on the VHS <laughs> on the VHS <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. copy, but it, it but it's called Eastern something on uh, Eastern it, Promises. It's not called Eastern Promises because there's no nude steam room battle. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's called the Eastern. Um, now I'm embarrassed because I did because I because you can look it up easily with this other uh, name. So, for the listener, I'll try and append it. Uh, I, I'm all about the title that we grew up with. Fist, That's why I keep saying Fist of Legend, Chinatown Kid, My Young Auntie, Heroic Trio, Kabuki Cop, Wing Chun. When we did Wing Chun. early on when we were doing blog posts yeah. in relation to episodes and we did like the punisher yeah and i listed like five great superhero movies Mm -hmm. that you know you might have overlooked superman four i put (laughs) heroic trio on that list oh for sure (laughs) yeah i love heroic trio i mean there's just the horror of it the 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 over cranked stuff the babies the wire work there's there's so much to it there's a lot of stuff this is the father i talked about that last week how it for people who don't realize that style of cinema bringing in that like cantonese opera the flamboyancy where it's almost like a bollywood you have to kind of be ready for the jackie chan era where it's like it's a little silly you know it's a little over the top as opposed if you're watching this movie this is straight there's sound effects in you know yeah some some of of them i mean you know i mean jackie he lends himself to that kind yeah. of like physical the comedy. trio is like hyper realistic. Oh man, it's so good. Fantasy. So yeah. good. Oh, Iron Monkey from that era as well, which also stars Donnie Yen. Yeah. Um, that that's the that's the newer stuff and the older stuff. Yeah, a lot of the Shaw stuff is great. And yeah, Five Deadly Venoms. 
a gateway drug in its own right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, Heroes of the East, it's called. There you go. The the and that was internetless, ladies and gentlemen. That's Gordon Gordon Liu stars as. Uh, and actually, the guy who plays the ninja is really good too. But and he played a ninja in a couple of other Gordon films. Gordon Chang. No, you, you, no. You see, I know you it's know not that Gordon person. Chang. You're the only person who would know that uh, who Gordon Chang is. Uh, I think. Can I just get some more popcorn, guys? I ran out of popcorn while we were watching this yeah, film, gonna, so I'm going to check yeah, the fridge. Up. I'm going to check the fridge. We're going to crack open another bucket of pizza. Yeah, and keep we'll going. Open another two liter of. I don't know. Well, well, we're Let's watch go it. all three liters. We're going to. We're going to. What are we going to watch now? What do you want to pop? Doctor Strangelove. Pop that in. <laughs> I think I found my old VHS coffee. Oh, man, Drake. But, uh, Mike, I want to thank you. I guess what I was saying was, like, the minute we... I've I've been wanting to do this movie probably since we started, and when we decided to finally do it and, and pull the trigger on Kung Fu February, we both agreed that Wah! it would be great to have you on. It's an honor. Thank you, fellas. I yeah, really... there's, there's about three movies we were thinking of having you on that you'd want to do. And this was definitely one of them. I, I really appreciate Dr. Strange it. Love and Star Wars being <laughs> we did <laughs> We did contemplate asking you to come on with Star Wars, but... Very uh, cool. Maybe if we do Doctor Strange stuff. You can come on back. Very cool. And uh, if you, if your mom allows, there's there's plenty of others. I'll see. Uh, maybe I can do my homework in during eighth period that day, so I can just I won't have to do any of it at home. Yeah, and you're gonna be comfortable over there with your sleeping bag and pillows. Uh, I could just use some like. A glass of water. Okay. <laughs> no warm water. Okay, guys. I know about sleep or yeah. pulling out the bowl. Of warm I know. Water. As, I know. As, I know how you guys. <laughs> it's like. whipped cream. Is that what you're bowl of warm water. Bowl, so right in. Wets his sleeping bag. Right Jesus. in. I know how you guys can be. But uh, Mike, where can we find the Adventures of Danny and Mike? Sure. That's uh, the Adventures of Danny and Mike. That's a plug. That's Danny and Mike with the and spelled out on Twitter. You can find us online at uh, dannyandmike.com. And when's the Pensacon or whatever? Oh, yeah. Pensacola. The Pensacon in, in lovely Pensacola, Florida is the last weekend of February. So oh, so this should probably hit just before that. Yeah. So aim your, set your phasers on cool and head down there. Yeah, it looks the way I remember when you told me you were doing it, I went on. It looks like it's got a, it's got a good, uh, we a have, lot of good, cool stuff. And I like that you're taking like the cool show on the road, vaudevillian style. So you're hitting up. You Were were you in California a couple weeks ago? Yes, we did San Francisco Sketch Fest. Thank you, Dion. Yes. Very kind. And, and, and did, the Danny, did the Danny and Mike Nostalgia personified yeah. stage show with you, a couple of cool guests. Did you do the town hall here? You did some of the was it the Brooklyn place? I think yeah, we did, haven't. Yeah. No, we haven't played town hall. We play Union Hall, which is ah. a, which is a bar that has bocce in in Park Slope. That, do you lovely. still do that on a regular basis? Uh, it was uh, a first of the month for most of last year, and we're uh, retooling at this point before we announce uh, a show with a different time slot. It was Sunday nights, and yeah, you know how it is with the yeah, with the baby and the the, joy the and Simpsons the... and the baby. Hey, well, before we go, what do you think about uh, the sound Bruce Lee? emanates out of all this the wah i mean it, it's kind of it's, it's interesting it's i mean it's created it's part of the persona yeah because it's it almost it becomes part of the parody as well when people want to satirize it but his key so, eye yeah his key eye really a lot of people is the only one for a lot of people yeah which is very interesting and uh you and i'll as i'm talking to blake we'll be back in two weeks yeah with another exciting uh, don't forget now scored to death the podcast exists Yes, uh, with a very cool logo. I might, <laughs> I might add. Who, who designed that graphic? Uh, uh, her, she's on. She's a Twitter person. A B. She's a bot. <laughs> Something. I feel B. Arthur. Uh, but she did a great job, and, and we might have her kind of do some stuff for us. 
graphics wise. You and I uh, in the future for Saturday Night Movie sleepovers. But uh, Square to Death podcast is available most places you find podcasts, including iTunes. It's also on YouTube, yeah, and SoundCloud and uh, Lipson and all that stuff. And of course, the book Score to Death Conversations with some of Horror's greatest composers is uh, on Amazon and a lot of places you find books. And you can find all everything Score to Death at scoretodeath.com. And uh, Saturday Movie Sleepovers is on Twitter, on Facebook. We have our own website where you can see us put post extras along with the posts. You and I are going to be at Monster Mania at the middle of the March ninth, tenth, eleventh, maybe I think. Something. Where's Monster Mania? At Cherry Hill, Hill, New Jersey. Oh, very cool. Yeah, uh, a little south of here, uh, the big city closer to Philly, uh, and uh, we'll be there that weekend. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. I've got nothing to plug at the moment. But <laughs> soon, hopefully. Can we have those cool pancakes in the morning for breakfast? You know, the ones that have like the. Chocolate chips in them, and yeah, if you want. Or I mean, some fruity pebbles. Yeah, no, you ate all the freaking pebbles. Finished them all. Yeah. That was always the sleepover breakfast for me because my mom never bought. Them. Oh, multicolor. So when you would go so over somebody else's house. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. get their best cereal. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, my oh, mom I had never buy. This and, is so and, exotic. And Let me like, try this. Yeah. And then you would crack out for a half hour, and apparently, when you're picking your son up, because <laughs> he's fucking acting crazy. <laughs> uh, you know? This was a lot of fun. I don't yeah. know when the last time the three of us hung out together. I think it was when we saw a Buddy Guy in Coach Place in 2002. Aside from a couple. Of dinner. I we almost to, we hit the diner and we saw uh, we we hit the diner around the corner from work. The three of us, yeah, we've had uh, dinner, but yeah, we've had dinner. We haven't had a sleep. I almost took the trip to to, uh, to Pittsburgh. The the but I, I I had to back out of that because I had work. But that would have I would have been the fourth person. In Mike that and I visited Mike and Ike, <laughs> uh, the Evan City Cemetery. Yeah, little night in Evan Dead. City, Pennsylvania. No Monroe Mall. And I realized though, right? we have no stills of us there. Oh, there's just footage. Yeah. I think there might be some stuff on my on my phone. I'll take a look. Are we were t- and we ate sandwiches with French fries on them. <laughs> yeah, Mantis. We went to Permantis and got sandwiches. That sounds like uh, what do you call it? Hell B- Biscuit booty booties with the th- with the with the things on it. But biscuit you and I booties. were, t- were talking about booties. having um. Uh, doing the Night of Living Dead, do the podcast, the movie we in might, our car we, in the cemetery. We might do a midnight <laughs> podcast. I don't know if I can All do right. midnight. We can lie, but that'd be too scary for uh, me. It's clean underwear for that one, you know, listeners. I'd be, I'd be scared to be in the Evans. What is it, Evansville Cemetery? Evans City. Evans City. I'd be so West. scared to be to be in that cemetery at midnight. I mean, that's like that's like that's fucking. We gotta do it, man. Taking the piss there. Pull up. I mean that's fucking. That's like park, going. That's like park right where Johnny and Barbara. That's park. like Candyman shit. Going into the, to, to a mirror and start saying Candyman, Candyman. You're begging to get. You're begging to get Candyman. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyway. Until so we, we, we see us all again. Turn the light out, would you? Same sleepover time. Same sleepover <laughs> channel. Later. <laughs> <laughs>